Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Death. There was once a time when death in comics actually meant something, and when a character died, they really died. It really had impact. We no longer live in that time, but nearly 30 years ago, the world learned that death would come to the most iconic superhero of all time, Superman. And on today's episode of Second Break Comics, we will be looking at 1992's Death of Superman storyline. And in order to do so, I, of course, have my always rambling, always rambunctious co-host, Remzo Martinez. Remzo, how's life? It's doomsday, bitches. All right. <laughs> doomsday is coming. How how awkwardly can we find a way to insert the title of the show into the show just as they do with the, the, the naming of Doomsday, as we'll get to in today's episode? Not long. Oh, is that, is that a question? Uh, <laughs> no, oh, I was it, like, it was a, I'm just, it was a I'm rhetorical just, question, oh, okay. but for some reason I expected an answer. I don't, I'm not really sure why. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of like, that's that, that sounds like a good rhetorical question, but is it? I'm bad at those. I, I literally I literally ask people, is that a rhetorical question? And they get upset. But here's the truth. I never ask, I never say that as an insult. If I'm going to insult you or something, I'm going to say it. I'm never going to ask, is that a rhetorical question? That's a legitimate question. And so, it actually yeah. was a rhetorical question. So you actually did the right thing by not responding. Um, <laughs> the one anyhow, time it matters. Exactly. So just like this death, the one time it mattered, there are other deaths that mattered. And I think we're going to get into it a little bit more uh, in, in a second, what kind of where this kind of death of Superman storyline came from. But um, in this time, especially in DC Comics in particular, you had already seen several deaths that up until that point anyway, actually did matter and actually did stick. Uh, you had seen Supergirl die. You had seen Flash die. You had seen um, you had seen Jason Todd Robin die. And they all stayed dead, at least up until this point, that is. Uh, now, you will see a version of Supergirl uh, in this Death of Trade, Death of Superman. Uh, the trade paperback is what I, the way I read it, but uh, this is not the same Supergirl, so don't, don't be fooled. I'll try to explain that a little bit later. Uh, but before we get into... Today's episode, before we get into the meat of things, 
Guess what? We got some breaking news. Uh, the breaking news is after after weeks of controversy, after weeks of, of of what you can really only fairly call to be smear campaigns, a rigged several, election, a several rigged members, election, um, a, a certain a certain host, not host, a certain participant in the X Men draft back in X Men number seventeen. Let's just say there may have been there are accusations of recruiting recruiting votes. There are accusations of uh, getting votes from outside the district, so to speak. But nonetheless, I will report based on the official results from Twitter. Uh, credit where credit is due. Despite all the shenanigans, the smear campaigns, etc., uh, Jenny Smith has been declared the winner of I, the X Men draft. That. I the, won that poll bigly. By the, by I, the I I I uh, won that contest bigly. Here's the thing, young Rhymezo. You actually didn't even come close to getting anywhere in, in that poll. I was because a close it was rigged. At, at, at 38%, uh, Jenny got 54%. Now, I will say, this is the Twitter poll. This is the public poll. Uh, this is the one that any old person with a Twitter account could vote on. And I, I happen to know, now, and we're happy for it. We want to get exposure to the show. We want people Wrong. tweeting it out. We are, we are, we are members <laughs> of this network. But, you know, Jenny Smith, she's big into the, the North-South Connection Network and the Place to Be Nation guys. Uh, you know, she's been podcasting with them for years. Uh, they were kind enough. Uh, our, our My pal JT Rosero was kind enough to tweet this thing out from those accounts. Uh, so let's just say it, it's possible some some of the a biased voting pool may have gotten its way into this poll. But we love our friends over you, the North you, South you, South you, Connection. You see, Mark. You see, Mark. I was I was winning. I was winning that poll. And that, in that the middle happened. of the this night, in the, in the middle are, of the night, they all just showed up. They all just showed happened, up. This might have happened in your outback, but it didn't happen in my real world. Wrong. That's a Max reference, friends. See, we're going to spend the first 20 minutes plugging every episode we've ever recorded before. So go back, check out the Max episode, uh, episode 18, and click, click back before that. I think two more episodes before that, you're going to find, uh, what is it? The X-Men draft, I think, is X-Men number 17. X-Men number 17, second print comics number 17. So check yep. them all out. You're not going to want to miss them. Anyway, getting into today's uh, episode now, th- this is the Death of Superman storyline, and I had already started getting into comic books at this point. Um, uh, like, you know, I think X-Men number one is the, or the very first issue we looked at, that first X-Men storyline from the Jim Lee You know, X-Men it would be helpful if I remember yeah. to grab it. Give me a moment. Sure, you go do that. All set. And he's back just like that with the power of editing. He's back in an Kabam. instant. That was amazing. That was fast. Uh, all right, so we've got our trades. You also read it in the, in the trade paperback copy. Now, unlike you, I'm assuming, because I don't think you were even conceived or a twinkle in anyone's eye at this point yet. Nope. I actually read these issues as they came out week to week, and it was super exciting for me because this this really was my my entry into DC Comics. I started off as a Marvel man. The first book I ever bought was Fantastic Four. Then I got really into Spider-Man and really into X-Men. Those are pretty much my favorite comics. Of course, we had the X-Men, the animated series as well. Uh, of course, that transferred me over to the Bat- Batman, the animated series, so that kind of got me interested in the character of Batman a bit, but it was this specific storyline that got me to buy DC Comics. Why? Because this made mainstream news. Like, this was on, like, NBC Nightly News, where they're talking about how Superman's gonna die. Uh, This is not, like, a surprise death at all. They called this the death of Superman going in, so there's no, there's really no shock ending here. We all know how it's gonna end. Uh, But at this point, I mean, we're all very jaded right now, I think, when when characters die in comics. Uh, At most, they're gonna be gone for a few years. 
years. I think as we talked about Captain America's death last last uh, episode, because this is Death Ember, we've we've deemed it. We'll be dealing with uh, many deaths in comics. Uh, but as we talked about in that episode, uh, Captain America died in like 2006 and came back in what six years later? Five about years later? at least like 2011 ish. And that's a pretty long time for comics. That's actually a lifetime for comics. But uh, that was probably the the most lasting death since this time. And uh, but, but but prior to that, like I mentioned earlier, at the time this came out, especially in DC Comics, uh, there was fair enough reason to believe that if this character was dying, that he was actually going to die. Barry Allen had died and had not come back. Of course, he has since come back. Uh, Supergirl had died and did not come back, even though there is a Supergirl again in this comic book. Uh, of course, she is also back now, the real Supergirl, the first Supergirl girl and of course jason todd died and did not come back except of course he has by now but i think think we gotta give it to the winner though bucky he was he was killed in 45 and he didn't come back until like 2005 so bucky's the longest dead person Bucky had a good run yeah i will say congrats bucky tip of the hat to bucky barnes but that being said, uh, you know, at, at this juncture, especially, like I said, with, with everything that happened in Crisis, with Jason Todd's death, you couldn't really be certain as a fan of comics that this was just, I mean, it clearly was a gimmick in the sense they were hyping it up ahead of time, they were announcing it, they were doing it to boost sales, of course, but, you know, you had enough reason to suspect they might actually be killing Superman, especially because, like, I mean, this was in response to Superman's to de- declining sales of the book over the years. You know, John we, Burton, we covered we that Superman. way back in episode four. Yeah, we talked about that and uh, yeah, around then and then also a similar situation with Batman prior to Nightfall. These characters, you know, they're they're so iconic, but the actual sales of the books at this time weren't really spectacular. Uh Marvel was was just crushing it in the marketplace and you know, these books weren't really doing spectacular sales uh even though they had multiple books coming out every month. I think you'd have to add up the sales of all those books to even have some of the sales of, of a lot of these X-Men books or to even to even sniff them. So they really needed a shot in the arm and uh you know, there's much debate out there. A lot of people say that Batman Nightfall was in response to Death of Superman, to, you know, was kind of capitalizing on all the hype they saw from that. Uh, but if you talk to people like Chuck Dixon, who you and I have both spoken to, you know, he, he says that Nightfall was actually in the works years before this this Superman's death actually came up. So, uh, be it that what it, what it may, they were doing this to give it a bit of a shot in the arm. Uh, actually, a, a storyline was delayed where Clark Kent and Lois Lambert were set to get married, but they pushed that back because uh, this time there was a Lois and Clark TV series that was out as well. They were planning to do a wedding with that down the road also. So what they did was they postponed the plans to have this big wedding in the comic books so that they could, they could later coincide it with, with the show. I'm not sure if they ever actually ended up doing that, that coinciding wedding with the show. They, they did. And you know what's funny? In the, in the Superman Doomsday animated film from 2005, uh, there's a lot of great special features in that and a lot of behind-the-scenes information. What's funny is the is the bullpen, the writer's room from D.C., who were the folks responsible for killing Superman, they actually appear as wedding guests in that episode of Lois and Clark. So it's funny because one month they kill Superman, the next month they were at his wedding. <laughs> They've been incepted into the story. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this was for to me. This is really exciting because you know I'm I'm hearing my parents talking about this. They're like, "Hey, did you hear Superman's gonna die?" I'm like, "What is going on here?" You know, I had never heard comic books I've talked about in the news before. Uh, of course, Superman was an iconic character from you know the '50s TV series, which my dad you know watched growing up. Not to age him too much. Um, and uh, of course, the Superman movies, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies in the '70s and '80s. Uh, 
So this is an iconic character. Everybody knows him, but the sales weren't doing well, and they, they decided they needed uh, some big storyline to replace this other storyline they had planned to do with Lois and Clark getting married. So they decided someone kind of, I think it was Jerry Ordway that just kind of said, kind of kind of half-joking, uh, why don't we just kill Superman? And then it was kind of like, why don't we just kill Superman? I think he's they, something. And uh, basically it was decided that this is a character that has never been shown to be vulnerable, even hardly at all. And uh, they really thought that maybe if we, they could come up with a compelling storyline where he does actually get killed. And of course they did. We now know they, they planned the whole thing where he died. We had the funeral. We had the morning. We had the reign of the Superman. It was a whole year long storyline they plotted out. But uh, at the time, there, if you're a casual fan, you could very well think that this is what actually was the death of Superman because all these other characters had, had died and stayed dead up to that point. Uh, so that's kind of the premise going in, uh, but th- I-, I couldn't miss this. I had to know what was going on. So suddenly I went from not reading any DC comics to I'm buying four Superman books a month for like a year because I kept going through this whole storyline. I kept going through the, the the funeral for a friend and the reign of the Superman and the return of Superman. And I, I have all these books back in the vault. Uh, so I've been on this whole ride and I think we'll probably end up hitting this entire journey throughout the course of this podcast. Not this, to, not this podcast today, but the lifetime of this podcast because uh, it's way too much to do to try to do in one issue but uh, i'm curious that's a whole things show zone. itself yes uh it's a whole many 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 shows it's a whole season of shows uh but before we get into to the actual storyline remzo what was your familiarity with this storyline uh up until this point had you had you read it before um you know did you when did you first hear about the death of superman do you remember even hearing about it you know at some point before you became a comic fan let's hear the whole whole spiel So I knew that Superman died because my cousin took me to go see Superman Returns in the Sierra Vista Cinemark when we moved back to the United States from Australia. And, uh, you know, she uh, had just gotten married to her husband and her husband was really into DC Comics. And he told us at the time, you know, uh, when I got into comics, Superman was killed. And I was like... What? What are you talking about? And it just so happens that within about a year, uh, DC had started doing their DC animated feature films that were directed DVD, and this was this was big because this was the first time a DC animated film would be PG thirteen. And for me, that was like that was a lot at the time. So um, I watched uh, Superman Doomsday at my grandmother's house with my brother Ryan, and we just stood there. And I mean, it was it was the most hardcore thing we had ever seen with superheroes before. Nonetheless, DC heroes. So after that, I went over to um, I think it was called a uh, Phoenix Comics. It's no longer in store, but the guy JD, I went ahead and asked him for Death of Superman. He was like, I, well, I can try and help you find the single issues, or else. I could just give you the single trade. And I was like, yes. And Mark, this is actually my first graphic novel. Oh, wow. Look at that. So, I mean, I, I, I grabbed it. I, I just went home immediately. This has a place in both of our, both of our storied comic book history. Absolutely. So, I mean, I went home, I read it, and I just was glued to it, and I read it again. And, uh, I mean, it's it, it, it's definitely one of those that's important, you know, not only in the history of comics, but, you know, like like you mentioned, it's it was just big for me because this was, you know, I mean, at the time, I'm like, they can't do this to Superman. He's Superman. I think it's a storyline that a lot of like 90s comic kids will just always remember because if you were there, if you're reading comics at the time, 
There's no way to avoid this. Like, you weren't going to not see how they killed Superman. And, uh, you know, one of the big concepts they had around this is that it's, it seemed like Superman's villains never posed a, a physical threat to him. It was his biggest villains were always using, like, uh, you know, technology or their smarts or magic or whatever, whether whether it's uh, Lex Luthor uh, always trying to outsmart Superman or Brainiac or, uh, you know, Mr. Mixelplick uh, using magic. Uh, but he's never really been faced with a true physical threat that actually, you know, we you could actually be worried like oh is he actually gonna be able to get, be able to get out of this uh so that's what the, that was the concept of this and they couldn't find anybody in the rogues gallery that really fit the descriptions that they decided we're, we're gonna make a brand new character from scratch and i think again just like in the comic uh one of the writers said like oh it'll be superman's doomsday and they're like oh we've got a name for him which is which is pretty much how it happens uh, a little bit later in the story but that being said it's time. It's time to get it right into the story. Death of Superman. This is a seven-part series that began in, uh, I don't know what month, but sometime in 1992 uh, in, uh, from DC Comics. And the first book we're going to be looking at is Man of Steel. Superman, Man of Steel, number 17. Written by Louise Simonson, the wife of Walt Simonson of, of Thor fame. She was a big DC Comics writer for a long time. I believe dabbled in Marvel as well. Okay, and, I want to I start off on a bad note. Oh, please do. Go ahead. I will say up front, because if anyone remembers, I said way back when we did Maximum Carnage that I have a problem with big story arcs that do a lot of cross book uh, crossovers. And this is one of those. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really understand this at the time, but over the years, it's just kind of grinded my gears even further. It starts with Man of Steel. Then part two is Justice League. Then part three is Superman. Then part four is The Adventures of Superman. And then it's Action Comics. And that's back to Man of Steel. And that ends of Superman. It's the same with Nightfall, although at least Nightfall had the courtesy to really only be going between two books, Batman yeah. and Detective Comics. That, is, that, is, that is acceptable, but when you go over to that, that's a bit of a problem. I mean, it's one thing if they had had like a limited series, Death of Superman, but for this one, uh, you know, I do have to give it some credit. What you will see going forward is that while they're eluding the Death of Superman – there's still this part of you that's like, this is big, but are they actually going to do it? So I will yeah. I, I will hold my criticisms for the rest of it later, but just off the bat, that's one thing that, like, much older Remso, it kind of grinded my gears. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, I guess there is the point of, like, okay, they advertise this death, you know this death is going to happen, it, it's been said, but Maybe it's just a sales thing. Maybe he doesn't really die here because, come on, he's Superman. He like, can't kill Superman. So I, I suppose, like, I'm sure as a kid, too, I... I I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to recall how I remember reading this when I was 12. I remember thinking it was cool. I, but you know, I, I don't remember feeling like, oh, is he or isn't he going to die? Like, I, I think I just knew because they had a, a for episode or episode. There I go again. Issue 75 of Superman where he does die. Hey, the black cover. He's dead. They make it pretty clear. Uh, but I suppose if you didn't want to believe the hype, you could talk yourself into. Well, maybe he really ends up getting out of did it. Did you get really the Did you get the armband? I didn't get the armband now. I have seen somebody with a framed Superman funeral armband, and it is as metal as you think it looks. <laughs> well, yeah, those were things. Yeah, and they had like some really cool um, covers of this book. They had like the they had you know all these special. I think it was like a chrome Superman cover. It, it was the first one to have a poly bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the whole poly bag thing became a giant fad in the two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, for those for those fancy like chrome covers, like I think Exo Manowar had one of those chrome covers. Ninjak had one of those chrome covers. Yeah. Anywho, all right, let's get into it for real this time. Superman, Man of Steel, number seventeen, written by Louis Simonson, wrote by John Bogdanov, and we start off 
with just all we see are four panels on four consecutive pages of this fist pounding into the steel. And first, it's just like this giant glove uh, with a bit of claw showing, and it goes crang, and then another one crang, then another one crang. And each panel, you see this little glove kind of peeling back more and more and then crank and you see from the other side that this this steel barrier is being broken down whatever it is and then the next page boom crank 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 boom it breaks through a little more crank 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 croom i love croom as a sound effect breaks through a little more and then you see this fist pop out of this steel thing we have no idea what it is and by the way i'm just going to say this right now we never get an origin of doomsday in this comic they later do give us an origin of doomsday we can go through it if you want. I don't know. But at, at this point, when reading the comics, you have no idea who this creature is, and you it's, never it's find out. Be- it's better this way. It's better that it you don't is. know. It probably is. I think that's fair. Because it's not really about that. So, yeah. So, this creature, who, of course, the reader knows is Doomsday, or you and I know it's Doomsday, he busts out of uh, this steel contraption or whatever. He's got some, like, wires taped around him. Uh, all you see that's exposed is his one, one un, like, one claw with uh with like his claws have like these spikes coming out of his knuckles and this green glove that's peeled off but the rest of him he's covered in this like green like hazmat type suit with these sort of like red uh red glasses things on them and that that's about all you see uh then we go over to we see superman of course flying around as he's known to do and uh oh wait i think i skipped something really important about this no i didn't i'll get to it i know you're Um, talking about it doesn't come yet yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, Superman goes is, uh, you know, as he does, he's flying around Metropolis. He's going to battle these monsters, these like underworld monster creatures. And I don't really I wasn't reading Superman before this. And I sure as hell wasn't going to go look up the whole backstory. But there's been issues in Metropolis with these like kind of creatures that live in the underworld, uh, which is basically just the underground of Metropolis. And there's all these sort of mutants and monsters and such that live, live down there. And uh, Superman is going to go battle these monsters who took over this power station. Uh, there's this kid here who uh, this little this little black kid with a with a backpack he's going around and he's we're kind of learning through his thought balloons that uh he wants to save his mom who's being held he, he's heard that he's uh her mom is being held hostage by these monsters i guess in a previous issue or maybe we're just learning about this now i'm not, I'm not actually sure uh they these these monster creatures had told this kid uh that they are holding his mom hostage uh lo- at the same time lois lane gets a letter saying to send superman to this basement place uh and it just she just it just leaves a message that says it's it's on his computer for for clark for clark to see later but she's gonna go take off and check this whole situation out uh back to doomsday and uh he's like standing there in his little outfit with just only his one arm out the rest of him is all wrapped in this metal cord and this little cute little bird comes lands on his his hand and then he just squashes the bird (laughs) with his hand and he laughs he starts laughing ha 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 so yeah that that was the part i was thinking of earlier was that the part you were thinking of? Yes. Or was it something else? <laughs> because I just remember, I just remember reading this for the first time. Like, you don't kill animals in comic books, and, yeah. and just to see Innocent him, little creatures. Yeah, I mean, it's like the anti-Bernie moment with the bird, where it's like, oh look, there's there's a bird, and it's like he just <laughs> killed that. <laughs> He just killed that. And I guess this is done to really show that we don't know what this creature is, but we know that the first act we see from him is him taking joy out of crushing this small defenseless animal. Uh, so we know that he's no, he's not the he's not the best creature in the world. He's what type of sound effect is Blorsch? <laughs> I don't know, but it, <laughs> it's like I, it, it it gets it across. It Blorsch. does. 
You don't you don't blorsch. hear it. You feel That's it. That's the sound of crushing a little Tweety Bird. It sounds like blorsch. Try this at home, kids. Let us know. Uh, you can tweet to us at Second Print Pod. Uh, if you can crush a bird with your hand and find out what the sound effect is, you can send us that sound bite, and we'll see if it sounds like blorsch. Don't actually do that. Second Print Pod is not responsible for animal cruelty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not legally liable for anything you do for listening to this podcast. Anyway, moving along. Um, yeah, so, so Superman shows up at, at um, you know, why does, you know, this other bothers me too. So Clark shows up back at, at, um, at the Daily Planet, but he flies to it. They show him flying to the Daily Planet as Superman. It's like, at least like walk in the door as Clark. Like, I, I think that's so irresponsible. If you're trying to protect your identity, you look exactly like yourself because it's you as, as Clark Kent and you're flying to the Daily Planet and then changing once you're inside because they even show him putting his tie back on. I don't know. Maybe I'm quibbling. Because These are the, the dumbest reporters in the it's, universe. It's, it's absurd. Uh, of course, we know the true answer is glasses. So, oh, yeah. Well, and, and gla- <laughs> glasses. Yeah, glasses. That's it. Yeah, because I never re- recognize myself. Because glasses. glasses. No one knows who I because That's our new tagline. Why do they not recognize him? Because, because glasses. glasses. Right. Anyway, Clark Kent, now Clark Kent, is at the, at the paper at the Daily Planet when the lights go out, thanks to, of course, the underworlders who have uh, you know sabotaged this power channel power station because that's that's what bad guys do and uh lois sneaks underground and finds the underworlders but she also uh goes goes and gets kidnapped by them so uh this kid is also watching uh he's he's kind of like up there peering down while they're kidnapping lois and he overhears them saying oh uh we don't keep hostages and uh you know he decides oh wait maybe they don't even have my mom uh they just said that because you know he he and he's like oh it was so sad i just, I just wanted to find my mom and save her so i can make her love me how freaking sad and depressing is this do we really need the insertion of this kid who just all he wants to do is his mom is for his mom to love him so much so that he's willing by himself to go rescue her from monsters that live underground just so he can prove his love this kid has nothing to do with the rest of of the series but i i mean what the heck man (laughs) what is this (laughs) <laughs> while, 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 while you're focusing on while you're focusing on that, I mean, I just I'm just staring at Lois here, and I'm just thinking she reminds me of that actress from Miss Congeniality. What's her Sandra name? Bullock? Sandra Bullock. She looks like a young Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock would make a great Lois Lane. I think she, I like I younger it's Sandra. By Sandra way. Bullock. Well, I I, I know her as Jesse James' ex-wife, but uh, no, I mean, I think a young Sandra Bullock could have been a pretty yeah. badass Lois Lane. I can see that. I think I think Lois is actually my favorite love interest in all of comics because she's just genuinely interesting. In we her know own it's right. not MJ. It's not MJ. MJ's the least. We should have a we should do a a comic book love interest draft. Sometime. Oh, that would be that would maybe be not cool. a draft. Maybe just a ranking. A maybe maybe, maybe too, yeah, too a ranking. Like you know, have them all go head to head and see who comes. Should up. we do a quick one right now? No, nah, let, let, let's do, number three hundred and seventy-two. Mary Jane. Let's do that for February. It's gonna while take we're on some, the spot. Yeah. Okay. Now, does just would love interest? Oh yeah, there we go. Valentine's Day theme. No, oh, it Perfect. all works out. Is that why you said February? Or yeah. Was that, you, had, you not even. Yeah, it just made anything? sense. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll try to do it February. See, Actually, folks, it's live. Live with us. Be with us. In we the will. Let's see. It'll be okay. Uh, Valentine's Day lands right in the smack of the middle of two episodes based on the calendar. So we'll, we'll either do it on February tenth or February seventeenth. We'll decide. Probably the tenth. You'll, it you'll get it in a month. It'll get you in the mood. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so uh, but yeah, we know that Mary Jane is not going to make Rams. No, list. that's for sure. That's the only thing we know about that draft. And then I, I guess what we'll have to sort out is: does is this include like all spouses or love interests? I'll or, say like, non-powered canon love interests, right? So like Sue Richards wouldn't count because she's just one other superhero. Yeah, I, I would. You know, we're talking like um, Silver Saint Cloud. 
from Batman. Who the hell is Silver? Silver Saint Cloud. You you did didn't didn't that, you? Is that one of Bruce Wayne's love interests? Isn't that isn't that what's her name or, or Renee Bogard or who who's who's the chick in the Batcat series? It's not Silver Saint Cloud. Okay, well, so, I, I, know so, I know Silver Saint. I'm sorry, oh, Silver. Well, you're Silver, thinking of Silver, Andrea Beaumont. Yeah, Andrea Beaumont. Okay, so, so Andrea Beaumont. Okay, she could count. Silver Saint Cloud was from Batman: The Widening Guy or the Incomplete Series wow. from Kevin Smith, where Batman oh, wow. pees I've, himself. I've never read that. It is not worth reading. You know, I do recall reading Kevin Smith's. Some, I think I started it. His Daredevil. His Daredevil is awesome. Yeah, I, I remember really liking his Daredevil. His Batman. His Batman was not worth it. Mm, that's too bad yeah that's too bad yeah anyway yeah, that's, that's where that's where silver saint cloud comes from anyway back to doomsday <laughs> doomsday is now destroying a tree why because it's what doomsday does all right Fuck I, trees. I do really love i will say i really love the sound effects between the blorsh uh the croom earlier when he broke out now we're getting cram cram as he destroys the tree big fan of sound effects uh basically here and and the original batman series are the two places that i enjoy sound effects and comics otherwise i find them generally useless to be honest same. All right. So this kid, meanwhile, the sad kid who just wants his mom to love him, he, he's like, all right, I can't, I obviously can't fight these like underworld creatures. So I'm going to go summon Superman. And since Superman does not have a bat signal, uh, this kid comes up with the idea to just spray paint. I don't know where he got spray paint, uh, spray paint the big Superman S on this, uh, on this little like playground on the basketball court. And of course that works. <laughs> Superman's just right there. Uh, he, he just shows up immediately, of course. And, uh, you know, s- s- uh, this kid says, oh, they've, they've captured this reporter lady. So, of course, Superman immediately knows reporter lady is obviously Lois Lane, who he already knows probably went, left that message for, his, for him on his computer. So she obviously, uh, you know, knowing Lois being Lois, uh, that, that go-getter she is, she wasn't going to sit around and wait for Clark to come back. She's going to go, you know, hunt down these monsters and try to get a story. Uh, so Superman goes and just immediately goes in and, try, and starts, like, beating these monsters' asses because they got his lady. And that's not cool. You don't do that. Uh, back to Doomsday. Doomsday is destroying like some random factory that I guess he came upon. Or uh, at first he yeah, at first he like crushed some some cars and as monsters uh, oh, actually, do. Actually, first it was a bridge. That's what it was. I, I wrote down factory. It's actually a bridge that he's destroying. A bridge with a bunch of cars. So he's obviously uh, causing mayhem. We get more sound effects. Crackack, kadoom, and we also uh, get Doomsday laughing as he's just. Uh, there must have been like a lot of people that now that I'm really looking at this again, a lot of people must have died in this in this scene. Like he has destroyed a bridge and there are cars just crushed and, and collapsing everywhere so this is like this man is this man this creature is causing massive death and destruction and and have a good time you know he's loving it he's loving life he's living his best life his live your truth uh, doomsday live your truth let's see. um in soup in superman's battle here he's uh he's still battling uh these underworlders uh, and he almost decapitates this guy this guy charlie uh by accident he's literally is holding his fist and i say decapitates because if you're superman and you're about to punch a human in the face you're going to knock their entire face off so uh yeah but uh but superman but lois kicks him and she's like no this is my guy this is charlie he was uh he was an informant he was an informant uh you know for the for these like underworld creatures you see that you uh, see so that smirk right there where when she's like talking about Lois you know smirk. you're picturing sandra bullock doing that aren't you it, it just it just looks like her do you are you a fan of sandra bullock or you just feel like this this fits i just feel like this channel sandra bullock i'm not i'm not really a fan but i feel like you know i would be happy with it if it happened i gotta say as a teenager had a huge cross on on terry hatcher as 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 lois did you ever see that series? yes or is it before you're too before yes yes yeah. i still yeah, have a crush one. on terry hatcher please oh yeah it never never really stopped never ends 
Yeah, big fan, big fan. Terry, if you're listening, we love uh, you. Follow us at Second Print Pod and, and uh, drop it in the slide of those DMs. Remzo, because I'm married. Remzo, because I'm married. Uh, anyway, Charlie is now the, and then of course, like this guy Charlie was her like uh, her informant in in the um, in the what the underworld for whatever reason. But um, now, of course, as comics go, she's like, all right, Charlie, you're hired. You're because you're, he's this homeless guy. He's like, no, I'm just gonna live. I'm just gonna live down here because I, I don't want to. I, I like it down here. I feel at home. Down Do you here. see that turtle slug thing with a gun? Yeah, what the I hell just is that I just thing? realized I've never ever noticed oh, that ever. Yeah, so these guys are getting okay. So there's this like whole thing going on underworld. There's like these these war worlder guys, uh, and then there's these other there's like good guys and bad guys in the underworld. So this guy, this little turtle thing, is like I guess an underworld one cop of the he's one taking, of the good monster creatures. Yeah, he's taking the bad monsters to underworld jail or what have you, which will actually come back later in the series. Um, but yeah, and, and then Charlie, in, in true comic book fashion, he doesn't want to go back and live up up in the world. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it down here. The underworld's my, my spot. And so Lois makes Charlie the underworld correspondent. Uh, so isn't that nice? So now he gets a job just like that. Uh, meanwhile, Doomsday is back. He lifts an entire truck, crushes it, flips it over, lights on fire, and of course cackles and starts laughing and laughing and laughing uh, as he walks away. And then meanwhile, this trucker is calling for help. And of course they say, this sounds like a job for the... Justice League. So we are now uh, going over to, and this is even a war. I mean, if it wasn't bad enough, they were going to make you buy like four different Superman books over the course of this. They also make you, you hop in and buy Justice, Justice League number 69. I think it's actually Justice League of America. Is the title. So, so what's funny about this is this roster of the Justice League was actually nicknamed the Detroit Justice League or the Warehouse <laughs> Justice is the, League. This is like, a, other than Superman, this is truly a B-level Justice League. Oh my gosh. What's funny is, uh, in the previous DC animated universe where you had death of Superman and reign of the Superman reign of the Superman, uh, you had the justice league in that one, unlike Superman doomsday where it was just Superman in it. But in the updated two part death of Superman gimmick, they did, they actually brought in just the, the fan favorite justice league. We're talking Batman, wonder woman, flash, green lantern, cyborg, because even they knew that some things are just, to B list for even B listers. Yeah, and that's why this was the JLA, the Justice League of America, and not the Justice League, because I believe at this time there was also a Justice League that was more the A listers. I could be wrong about that. I could they they had kind of broken up and they kind of had. You had like Justice League International, which was sanctioned by the UN and stuff, but this Justice League, like it's funny. They don't get the Watchtower. They get a warehouse. They don't get any cool vehicles. They just have to go around somewhere. They don't even have a real Green Lantern. They have Guy Gardner, who I know you and many of the other fans of the show like, but he didn't even. Guy Gardner is my Green Lantern. He didn't even have a yellow. He didn't even have a green power ring at this point. He was using a yellow power ring and he was just going by Guy Gardner, a warrior, some stupid gimmick like that. Like, I think I think Guy is cool. I just think he's. He's not a cool Green Lantern, but whatever. I've always loved. I've always loved Guy Gardner as my. As how, my how do you feel? Lantern, how do you feel about Booster Gold? Uh, I've never. I've, I've never really liked the character, and, and I have to say, Tom King did not help me like the character any more than he did with his multiple uses of the character, both in his um, what do they call it? Bat Point was the the little two issue run where. Booster Gold showed Batman a version of the future to make him want to marry Catwoman or something weird. And then also in Heroes in Crisis, which oh, didn't happen. Oh, yeah. So we don't, need to, talk about we don't need to talk about that. Nah, that never happened. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think about Booster Gold? Any thoughts? There's a really good episode, Justice League Unlimited, where Booster is wanting to go on a big mission, but he's told to be back as backup. 
And he ends up going on like this counter mission while the big mission is going on. And his mission is actually more dangerous than the real one. And his one could actually result in like the end of the world. And what it basically shows is, see, even if you don't think you're important, everybody has a role. And his thing is being willing to, you know, say he did something that nobody saw. So then he has to wonder, what's the point of being a hero if no one saw it? And because he saves some kids, he's like, this is why this is why I'm a hero. That's the only time I've ever been like, oh, that was a cool Booster Gold story. I was going to say, that sounds like a pretty good episode. It's a good episode. Like, it's a good episode. But that's the only time I've ever, like, enjoyed seeing him. I've never seen any of these animated shows you're talking about. Any of these shows, any of these movies, any of it. The only... Oh, man. Justice League Unlimited was the best superhero animated series ever. I will say that. Where can I watch that? You can watch it on uh, HBO HBO Max. Max, Amazon? Yeah, HBO Max. All right, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, the really the only animated series I've watched ever of all comic books are X Men and Batman when I was a kid, and then I have also seen the Flashpoint movie, the animated Flashpoint movie, which was very good. I will say I enjoyed it quite a bit. Agreed. That's it. That's my animated animated comics history. As far as no, Justice League Unlimited, worth it. It's worth a binge. And I have not seen Bas- Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which really did not help my comprehension of Batman Catwoman. But I've been told by many people on the internet that I have to go watch it. It is, it, it is the best Batman movie. Okay. Better than Wait, all, you mean of, all, actual of all Batman, Batman movies? movies. Mask really? of, it's better than the 89 Batman. And I better would, than Batfleck? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. not that's not well, hard. That's, up. that's saying a lot. No, but better than 89 Batman. That's my favorite. movie. Yes. One of my favorite. That's one of my favorite movies. Period. Ooh. Not just Batman movies. You got to watch so Mask good. of that's the Phantasm. All right. Well, I have a lot of homework, man. I got I got to see even in a even in a Superman episode, Batman still wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. And Tom King still loses. Uh, anyway, Booster Gold. Uh. We don't care about him, so we're going to stop talking about him. Uh, we also have in this in this version of the Justice League of America. This is by Dan Jurgens, by the way. Uh, story and art, and then Rich Burchett on Rick Burchett on finished art. So I guess Dan Jurgens does yeah layouts maybe and and some sort of penciling, and then Rich Burchett finishes all out. I guess that's how it works. Anywho, uh, this version of the Justice League, as we mentioned, is Booster Gold. We have Maxima, Guy Gardner, uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, I think we have Fire and Ice, and then we also have. Uh, Remzo. I'm curious if you were familiar with this character prior to this. Bloodwind. What do you know about Bloodwind, Remzo? I only remember him from this and this only, and then I don't remember him anywhere else. Ding, ding, ding. That's the right answer. That's the same <laughs> answer as me. I, he was in other things, but I think this is... If anyone's heard of Bloodwind, it's almost definitely from at least, the, if not Death of Superman, then this this little run of JLA. I want to say, I want to say I had his action figure. But even I don't know if I did. Man, if you can find that thing, that could be a big Patreon prize of some kind. You can get the action figure nobody asked for because nobody I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know how I had it. I don't know when I got it. I don't know where I had it. I'm just pretty sure that it was in my possession at some point in history. Yeah. Well, if you find it, let us know. Scour it. Scour the the uh, scour the land for it. 
the land of Remzo Martinez. Um, moving along, we have so we're back in this issue of JLA here, and the J- Justice League is basically just saving people from the destruction of Doomsday from whatever. I don't know if it's a factory or just the destruction from the the uh, all the the bridge he destroyed. Uh, they're saving people left and right because they're heroes, and that's what they do. Uh, then Bloodwind and Maxima, they combine to use their psychic powers to try to find this creature, like track down whoever did this. And Maxima just said that she senses that it's, it's just death and love and blood, death and bloodlust personified. What is her power? I don't know. (laughs) She flies around. Um, she seems to be able to do something with something and also has psychic powers. I don't know. Do you know anything about Maxima? I don't know. She's got like a power girl boob window. I know that. Yeah. I mean, let's state the obvious here. Yeah. Boob window should probably be pointed out first and foremost. I mean, it's there. 12 year old. I mean, they know their audience. (laughs) They sure do. Uh, But yeah, moving along uh, this. So basically we go back and forth uh, with the contrast between the JLA uh, saving a bunch of people and Superman is on the Cat Grant show, meanwhile. And they, they show Superman being humble. Like, like kids are asking him, like, uh, different questions. Like, uh, let's see, what does the first kid ask here? Something, something, something. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, basically, Cat Grant is like, you know, we know you're the man here. And, that, like, you know, how's the JLA going? And he's just like, oh, no, no. We're totally, like, we're totally a team. Everyone plays their part. Everyone plays their role. But, like, everybody is like, important. Yeah. It's, yeah, everybody's important. Superman is being he you know, does being he does mean nice it, man. but we all know that we all know what the truth is. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, uh, oh man, this is so sad. Doomsday comes upon. He's destroying more trees because that's you know he just loves destroying stuff. And then I, I do like how they they do like a close up on Doomsday's little eye goggles, and it's like it does a really good job of of you realizing oh Doomsday sees this deer. Uh, I just like that little you know the little, Be- little because of. Like, I mean, I think they and maybe I'm reading way too into it, but because eyes are the windows of the souls, because we only see the still red lens, it almost mimics that of a sociopathic behavior. So when he commits act of acts of violence and because you can't even see the expression in his eyes, it's almost like this monster has no feeling. For psychological breakdown sessions, uh, you can get a free session from Renzo by emailing him at remzo.martinez at gmail.com. 1-800-REAL-PSYCHOLOGIST-TALK. But speaking of uh, therapy, I I might have needed some when I was 12 after (laughs) seeing Doomsday snap the freaking neck of this deer. This is like the saddest thing ever. And then he gets his attention caught because you see it. I, I like how they show a little question mark above his head. Like he's like, huh? And, and then he sees this little, I don't know what they call blue beetles, um, little little thing. The giant, you, the, the giant blue beetle thing. I call it the beetle bug. That's what I'm going to call it. That's what it should Works be Works for me. Or the beetle mobile. <laughs> uh, but he, as Superman, as we're cutting back to uh, Superman on the on the Cat Grant show, uh, the Cat Grant show, uh, Doomsday grabs a tree and throws it and destroys. Was the that the bug. tree or the deer? I have to go back. Oh my god! You know what, dude? I think it's the deer. deer. You know what? Um, no, oh, no, no, they do, no. They, do, yeah. they do show separately him grabbing a tree and and so they're showing you that he's destructive, but he's he's also intelligent. Like he thinks to grab a tree and understands physics enough to accurately throw that tree through the beetle bug. <laughs> I'm going to continue to call it, even though it's a flying thing. Uh, yeah. So that's so they're showing you that he is he is full of bloodlust. He he has a he's a he's a fun loving guy. He's having fun. He's laughing the whole time. So at least you know he might be fun at parties, but he's going to be crushing your birds he's going to be killing your deer and he might be throwing trees through beetle bugs so that's what doomsday does that's doomsday's thing uh anyway uh 
back at, on the Cat Grant show, uh, Superman is emphasizing, hey, the Justice League, we're just regular folks. We're just like me and you. And while they're intersplicing this with the Justice League now confronting Doomsday, uh, Guy Gardner, I think, is the first to actually come upon him. And Guy just gets his face smashed straight into the concrete. Oh, but before you go further, there's a scene where as they're all like jumping out of the thing, uh, Guy Gardner catches ice and he's like, feels good to get you in my hands again, babe. What super doof got that I don't? And she says, class. Uh, ice had a crush on Superman at the time and Guy Gardner and Ice, have, you know, they, they are romantic later on in the series, but there's just one of those moments where it's it's kind of funny. Definitely shows you can't you can't. I don't see anything wrong with this, but you can't put this in comics anymore. I'm just going to you know take that as you will. This is definitely one of those things where it's like, you see, I can look at this. And I could just see it as funny, but you you won't see this anymore. And I also have to point out he has I mean, just because it's so so like, well, it feels good. OK. Feels good to get my hands on you again, babe, because he captures her and he mentions that it's like, I, I think it's funny. I think it's some, you know, it's ba- it's innocent flirting. You can't do that sure. these days. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, you know. Yeah, when he catches her. It, it's genuinely funny. And I also want to point out he's wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> he certainly is. And he's still your favorite? Uh, yeah. Actually, I respect him more now. Okay. Sure. <laughs> He's wearing a leather jacket, jeans, and cowboy boots with a bowl haircut. Look, he was my favorite when I was 12. Okay? Live your and truth, have, Mark. Live your truth. I, I'm going to I am gonna live my damn truth. My damn Guy Gardner bowl haircut. I might just get a Guy Gardner bowl haircut. Do you think anybody would know at, at, if I go in Halloween 2021 what I was if I was Guy Gardner with a leather jacket with a G on it, jeans, cowboy boots, and a bowl haircut and a yellow ring? And would one person know who I was? No. If you were at the party, yes. But otherwise, I'm thinking no. No. But I'm going to consider it. Okay. It's in the wheelhouse of ideas. Live your truth. Yeah, anyway, Guy Gardner gets gets his face smashed in. I guess Doomsday doesn't like uh, the misogyny. So he's not there. <laughs> and, and they actually show him like Doomsday guy, is like, a feminist. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really the story of this. He's the ultimate feminist. And uh, Guy Gardner has a huge black eye. So they actually are showing like real damage to, to these to these heroes. Uh, then he's fighting Bloodwind and let's see. And, and Bloodwind reacts. He's like, like Doomsday also is really quick. Like they show Bloodwind trying to punch him and Doomsday just moves out of the way. And Doomsday says, God, not Doomsday. Bloodwind says, gods, what manner of creature can withstand such a blood? Oh, so I guess he didn't dodge it. Okay. So the art is a little confusing there. You, you know, you, you know what I just realized this Justice League roster looks like? What? They look like ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, he got fire, wow. ice, yeah. a cowboy, someone wearing a cape contraption. This is, this is a 70s, a 70s <laughs> funk band, is what this is. It's Euro trash. And at the end, Superman comes in for the finale. It's perfect. I love it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, a Doomsday gets hit by Bloodwind. He says, God, what sort of creature could withstand uh, withstand this? And then uh, Bloodwind gets hit into this uh, this factory, this like, I don't know, it looks like a um, like an oil silo or something. Who freaking knows? Uh, but it's it's a property of LexCorp. So now uh, we see Dooms- Doomsday is messing with Lex's stuff. Uh, by the way, we know if there's Lex one thing worse than killing people, it's damaging corporate property. It's destroying corporate property owned by a supervillain. God, I am so um, woke in this episode. I'm usually not like this. Woke. <laughs> the debut of Woke Ramza. It only took us 20 episodes to get there. But yeah, at some point, we got to pander. At some point, we got to pander for clicks. So I'm, I'm okay with it. And I'll be your misogynist counter. There you go. All right, so uh, another thing here, 
this is ridiculous. I can't even believe this. The, there's kids in high school that get to watch an interview with Superman in the middle of their high school day because they're, they're they're wheeling out the tables. So there's there's all these high school kids in Metropolis, and I, I guess I take it around the globe who get to watch Superman be interviewed. That's part of their day. That's part of their school day. Unbelievable. I actually I don't know. Well, no, you, I know you didn't see this. You're, you were all I got to watch during a school day across with people across the world was 9/11. 9/11. I, I knew. It. I knew it. <laughs> Well, you know what I got to watch was the O.J. Simpson verdict. That so, I would, I, guess, I would trade you one nine eleven for one O.J. I, I would not, I would not make that trade at all. Uh, yeah, I guess every generation of kids gets to see one thing on TV for school because it's big. And I guess welcome to me, adulthood. Here's childhood trauma. For yeah, here's some trauma for me. It's O.J. For you, it's nine eleven. Uh, for these kids, it's a Superman interview that eventually becomes his death. So. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Doomsday is still just kicking the Justice League's ass. He uh, he just murders Blue Beetle. Like he slams his head down. Like he slams his head. I don't know because I don't know what Blue Beetle's. Blue he Beetle's has like some, his power is money. He's he has a rich. mystical power. He's, he's rich. This well, this okay, one different Blue th- this one is Ted Cord of Cord okay. Industries. He's a B-rated Batman. So he has no powers. Yeah. He's a, he's apparently one of the top five smartest people in the world. I think it's Mr. Terrific. Um, Blue Beetle, uh, Lex Luthor, Batman, and I don't remember who number f- who number one is. Okay, so he should be dead <laughs> based on this. I, I love it because... when he's like, you know, someone help me. It's because <laughs> yeah, I think the the newer Blue Beetle has like has some kind of mystical Jaime Reyes scarab. has a yeah has like a, yeah. a magical scarab that he discovered and or something he, and he became it's like it's like a living one. Iron Man suit but that one's actually interesting Ted Cord was and just this, this suit does not yeah. look like an Iron Man suit like it looks like he just has like plastic over his face and then like goggles like I don't see how he's not dead because he gets his head slammed into this this like pipe and then into this other thing and yeah he's just like someone the lettering is great here just to show like he's basically dead while he's being dragged around by Doomsday you know he was the concept for night owl right yeah 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 yep, yep. all those those uh those ripoff watchman characters uh but and then we cut to uh batman right as his team is being like literally well not literally because he's the only one that gets murdered which is kind of ridiculous that now that i think about it at this moment that superman dies from doomsday uh but freaking ted cord here who's just rich for a living he didn't die he didn't die from the, these blows anyway he i guess he, ted cord wasn't getting the same direct blows like with the claw that superman was he was, he was getting, getting slammed he around. Was, yeah he was just getting smacked around like a rag doll but yeah i probably shouldn't overthink this you know why because, because comics glasses because oh glasses <laughs> yeah i see what you did there it's our new catchphrase we're gonna get the beer because glasses. So, so I do have to say in, in the next yeah. page where you just see the three panels of him falling, like it's really hard to convey emotion sometimes, especially what like physical impacts of something mm-hmm. when you see him getting his ass kicked. But then those three small panels of him falling and then yeah. ice is like, Ted, no, he's so still so quiet. And you see the look in her eyes. And, I, and this is why I talk about like, you know, like what I was saying about the eyes earlier, like you can't see doomsday's eyes when you look at ice's eyes right there like that. That is genuine fear. That is yeah. that is what captures my attention in this page. 
Yeah, a lot of the art, especially in this issue, I got to say, does do like a really good job of capturing like emotions in, in characters' facial expressions. Even this one close-up where uh, they do a close-up of, of Superman on the Cat Grant show, and he is saying, believe me when I say I wish that violence wasn't necessary, but, but violence is the price we pay to accomplish a greater good. As heroes, we choose to protect that good, but they focus on his eyes in that shot, in that panel, and he's just so laser-focused. Like he is, You can tell just by the look on his eyes, which is all you see, that he really freaking means what he was saying. Like He is real dead serious. Like we're not just joking around with Cat Grant anymore. This is a serious part of the show where you're saying, like, look, we're addressing violence. Like, I wish we never had to use violence, but sometimes it's necessary. This is inter intercut with um, you know, images of the JLA just getting completely destroyed via violence with with Doomsday before the words got in Superman here. Yeah, and then the horror on Isis' face when she sees Ted falling, and you know, uh, Booster Gold gets fired up. Of course, him and, and Blue Beetle are, are old buddies, and he's like, man, we got to get to the hospital quick. And now Beetle goes nuts and he goes after Doomsday. And what happens? Uh, um, he gets crushed straight with a shot in the face right from those claws. They show the claws right about to go right into a Booster Gold's face. So uh, much, much to Tom King's chagrin, Booster Gold gets whacked. It goes goes flying, but he goes flying so high into the air and he gets rescued by Superman. Superman, Superman yes. We, we already knew. I should, I skipped over this panel, but there, there was a panel where, where Superman found out. Um, he saw this on the news while he was on the Cat Grant show, so he took off. Um, so yeah, Superman shows up and uh, heroically rescues Booster Gold, just in time for us to go to our next issue in this series. The next issue is Superman number 74. Story and art, again, by art by Dan Jurgens. Finished art by Brett Breeding. There you go. So Dan Jurgens is big on story and unfinished art. Yes, <laughs> that's his thing. At least we have a consistency of a writer for once, from one from an issue to another. Yeah. At least Dan Jurgens is is guiding us from one because it is a pretty seamless transition. Like and and I, like I think it's probably the same in the trade you have. The one I'm reading, um, there's no breakup. They don't show you the covers between the books. Like it just goes. Yeah, they they just go. And like and like you even see this at the bottom of the last issue of the previous one, like the little uh 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 the little caption at the bottom where they would typically Stop. say don't read this until you've read just yeah like that it's it's right. just the bubble and the text is missing so if you actually go back and find the single issues the text is there like it has the c and it's supposed to say continued in superman whatever but you just see ah, the see. you see the c right there and nothing else in the bubble so it seems kind of wrong oh well that's your copy mine version has continued in next oh let me Mine says continued in next chapter not continued in so maybe they see. took it out of your version Do you see that and then for and then for uh, let me see, then for this digital. Um, oh wow, that's weird. There's a, just a blank. Bubble, you see what huh? I'm saying? Yeah. It's, oh, that's yeah. interesting. This, this so is our why, versions are different. Yeah, this is why I love about the difference between different different volumes and different mediums because we could have technically even been reading the same one, but there still would have been differences there. That's why I think um, you know when you look at these, every reader is going to have some type of different experience. Yeah. So your ver- the original version said continued in uh, whatever this next book is. I think it's Adventures of Superman. No, it's Superman number seventy four. Yeah. And then your version, they probably just like put it out as a trade and were like, oh wait, it shouldn't say that, so they just blotched it out and they didn't have art to put over it, so they just had to make it blank. And then by the time this version came out, this is a digital copy, so it's a more updated version. Um, uh, this is, you know, that probably they filled it like, oh, we should fill that in with something. So they just say, continue to next chapter. So, look, these are the things you can only get on the Second Print Comics podcast. Your lives are better only. for it. No one else is breaking down, changing continued bubbles. <laughs> no one does that. This is our niche. And we're going to focus on it. We're going to niche down. That's what they say to do in podcasting. We're going to do only podcasts about uh, discrepancies between uh, bubbles in various editions of comics. Okay, so speaking of super niche things, the first page of the next issue uh, where you see 
everyone kind of standing over Blue Beetle, who looks like he's dead. I just want to mention one of the things that's cool about the uh, Superman Doomsday behind the scenes special features is that they talk about the artwork and where they got some of their inspirations. And this is supposed to be based off a, a portrait of Christ as he's kind of, oh. you know, on on the cross, but as they're raising him almost. That's why we're, his arms are kind of. up. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're seeing him from this angle, because you're seeing him from almost looking down in a way. And now that you say that, if you notice when Ted Cord is laying upside down like that, the beetle is right side up with his arms up. Yes. So see, so maybe it's, the beetle's the real. Christ it's like, it's like he's he's dying, but he's rising. And I think every yeah, you see, this just got meta. This is some range here from from woke Remzo to biblical uh, biblical breakdown. Liberty University class of 2017, yo. You only get this range on the second printing house podcast. <laughs> no one's doing both these things. People might be doing one or the other. No one's doing both. <laughs> no one. But that's why you're here. That's why you pay us the big bucks. Uh, but yeah, moving along, Ted Cord is fucked. <laughs> is, is fucked. Uh, so yeah, they're just talking about that for a while and how fucked they are. Then uh, we see Doomsday getting into... Uh, I'm skipping some pages here because I'm not going to do page by page for this one. It's just not necessary. We don't need a three-page breakdown of Mitch arguing with his mom. We just don't. Uh, but this kid, Mitchell, is a, is a freaking asshole. Um, <laughs> uh, this, this kid just talks back to his mom. And it, I just wrote down the one line that he said to his mom. He, this, this kid, Mitchell, he goes... That's why dad left and wants a divorce. <laughs> Man. All she wanted to do was like not like eat dinner or something. Like it was, it was nothing bad. Uh, and then suddenly into this house, the reason we're seeing this house is because ice flies into the house. So this battle has spilled into this suburban neighborhood. Um, and right as as uh, ice flies through the house, Superman and Booster Gold who uh, show up and to confront Doomsday, they are ready for battle. Uh, Doomsday immediately punches Superman right in the chest and that doesn't seem to do too much, but then Doomsday uh, does like a spinning karate kick, which is actually really impressive. So he's really agile too, and somehow knows karate. And he spins around and kicks Superman <laughs> in the gut, and that sends Superman flying through Mitch's house. So this kid's an asshole, but his house is getting destroyed. Well, what him, is so. kind of interesting yeah. is that there's not often a way of showing Superman taking a hit or something and really showing the impact, but you see his face Oof. and like his like his 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 lips are puckered and everything, and it, you, you can see the wind getting taken out. Yeah, of like him. this is probably yeah. one of the few moments where I could say it genuinely looked like it hurt Superman. Yeah. No, they do definitely do a good job of conveying that because the first punch, like they just show him standing there, like it didn't doesn't affect him at all. But then when he does that karate kick to the gut, boof, like okay, okay, maybe the regular punch didn't hurt. But I love that boom Doomsday doesn't doesn't think twice. Like if if his punch doesn't work, he, he's not like some villain that's going to be like, oh no, he wasn't even you know, Drax, he wasn't even affected by my punch. Nope, okay, I'll just do a spinning karate kick and that'll get get up. Like, like Doomsday doesn't fuck around. He's just there to destroy. And if his first leg doesn't work, he's just going to do a spinning karate kick to you, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, do, Superman goes flying through the house, hits a tree, and now Booster Gold is getting completely fucked up too. He just gets slammed into this tree, uh, and he's thinking he's talking to himself. He's like, no, where's the rest of the league? And Doomsday is now just destroyed. Destroying poor Mitchell's house. I, I blame it on Mitchell karmically for being such an asshole to his mom, giving her shit for her dad. His dad's probably out boozing and, and cheating on her or whatever. And he's he's giving her shit about it while she's just trying to protect her baby here. Like, man, I don't know why I'm so angry at Mitchell, but he's just, just those damn kids. You know, but he probably got it from that asshole dad. So can't really. blame. Well, him. it's his fault that he looks like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, it does. Which normally. Oh, yeah, he really does. Hmm, interesting. The 90s. Anyway, 
Uh, this woman, Mitchell's mo- mother, uh, is protecting her baby, and she's saying, please, not my baby, and Doomsday's going after the baby, and of course, Superman gets there just in time, just in time to save Doomsday for God knows what he was going to do to this, pro- probably eat this baby and burp and laugh about it, based, based on his most recent history. Well, well I just want to point out, like, right before he, he's about to, like, smash the mom and, the and, like, the little baby, he goes over to Ice, and he just punches her in the gut while she's still knocked out. Oh, yeah, just you know, for fun. I don't even notice that. I, I, now, I, I, I guess I just, like, glossed over that panel yeah just in the middle they show him seeing her and then he just slams her with his claw and then goes goes about his day that's that's like the comic equivalent of like teabagging someone in an old uh, xbox live video game you remember those to, days? to make a pro wrestling comparison and i'll bring it back later like doomsday to me is is brock lesnar like is Brock Lesnar as a wrestler, not Brock Lesnar as a UFC fighter. Brock Lesnar as a UFC fighter gets hit in the face and doesn't like it. Brock Lesnar as a pro wrestler gets hit in the face and doesn't give a shit. Brock Lesnar as a pro wrestler hits you with everything and is a psychopath. And he'll just he'll he won't even beat you right away because he'd rather just keep suplexing you and keep keep slamming you and and keep slapping you in the face because he's psychotic. He's not just there to win a match. He's there to destroy you and cause pain. And that is exactly what Doomsday reminds me of the way he goes. About about his business he's there to destroy he's not just there to destroy though he's there to have fun doing it he's gonna laugh about it and that, that's the same thing that brock lesnar does when he's he's uh, you know causing destruction around the wwe wrestling world. he's so here to kill superman and to party <laughs> and to party and have a good time doing it so now the jla is all back they have all gathered there and they all hit them with all their firepower all at once superman's uh you know laser eye beams uh booster golds whatever he has uh guy gardner's yellow ring blood winds whatever his eye beams are you know they're all hitting them all <laughs> everyone once. can shoot and something out of themselves <laughs> everything at once they and they're, they're so much they're not stopping and they're draining their power and like ice actually is that ice that's uh, that's fire no who's the uh, fire who's green you, you see what i'm saying this is like a euro trash band fire really ice is. maxima <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they're all like losing they're out of power like like fires out of power guy gardeners like use all his ring they just like fall down and all that they've done all they have done with all this blasting of doomsday is tear off half his suit <laughs> and he's fine so he just comes right they're like oh uh, guys like okay let's give it a rest after all there's no way doomsday can still be standing and then you cut to the next page Oh, he's standing all right. He's not only standing, he's smiling. And this is the first shot we really see of Doomsday's face. One eye is still covered by half the mask and this, uh, you know, red red glasses thing, red goggle thing. Uh, but the other half, you see his eye, and his eyes are like, there's bones covering his eyes. There's bones protruding from his face. There's bones coming out over his mouth. And he just he just looks like, he looks scary. They really do a good job making this look like a scary motherfucker. And he's smiling. Like, if you're going to show me somebody who I think can kill Superman, I'm thinking this guy can kill Superman. Yeah, I mean, he took everything they had, and he's smiling about it, and now he's coming right after them, doesn't even miss a beat. Here he comes, and they, the Dustin's League is just freaked out. They get an awesome splash page after this, where he's just, he's like, literally is punching them all at once somehow. Um, well, I'm sorry, just to go back a second, like, yeah. the, like what I said about eyes, like eyes being really important to look at throughout, like in that bottom panel after they expose Doomsday, Superman, Fire, Booster all Gold, they were, eyes, yeah. but then you look at the back and you see Guy Gardner, and like, he, he's puffy as hell. Like, he has just been beaten to eyes. a pulp. Yeah. You literally can't see his eyes because they're so, they're, he's been so beaten and destroyed that he can't even open them anymore. Yeah, that's some, that's some. There is like I'm noticing this even more on uh, this. You know, going through it right now with you again is like some. There is some like really great detail in a lot of the facial expressions, both with Doomsday and and the members of the JLA here. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, they and, and Guy in this next panel when they're all they're like, oh my god, he's so fast, look out! And Guy's just on the bottom on the floor. He's like, where is he? Because he can't see shit. Like his eyes are completely closed. He can't see anything. Uh, we then get like a whole just like pages of panels uh, or a whole like a whole page layout of like 12 panels of 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 um doomsday just destroying booster gold oh man i just realized doomsday takes him over to a car booster gold is just screaming no and then he slams a door on his face this is literally the kind of thing Brock Lesnar would do in a, in a street fight. Like, I actually, I, I don't remember the scene. So as I'm going through it pan, uh, panel by panel, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So then when you just hear slam, I'm just like, oh, I, I, I literally jumped. Yeah, this is brutal. And meanwhile, Guy Gardner is like trying to get one ounce of hope. He can barely see. He's like, I just got to get one big blast at him. And before he can even do it, nope. Doomsday. And they do another good shot of Doomsday's eye. They're really good shots of like eyes are a big thing in this. You see Doomsday's eye like looking to the side. He sees what Guy's trying to do. Nope. Throws Booster Gold at Guy Gardner (laughs) and stops him from doing this. I mean, he like Doomsday is not just like a mindless beast. It's kind of how I remember him. But when you, when you really break this down, like he's not like he's psychopathic and mindless in the sense that he's willing to destroy everything, but he's very smart too. He thinks on his feet. He's really quick. He always knows what's going on around him. And he's very quick to react to, to the ch- ever changing situation without missing a beat and all while taking this psychopathic joy in it. And, and, and they do this all with, his, he never talks. All you just hear is his occasional like grunting and laughing and that's it. So I think they do a really good job of conveying the threat that he has, not just on the physical level, but on, on the mental level, really, too. So what, as you're reading this, you know, I, I'm curious if you go back to the, the younger Remzo that, that's seeing this for the first time. Like, what are you thinking of Doomsday at this point? This is this is not just an average superhero, supervillain fight. This is just an outright. Well, this is not, just no. an outright slaughter fest. And, uh, you know, this is when I start reading comic books that are more beyond just, you know, your your traditional stuff that, you know, some it was more age appropriate for me. You know, that, that was the type of stuff I was reading. So to go from all that to this is I'm probably about like uh, 10, 11 at the time. Uh, I was, you know, the fact that there's still, you know, for at least the graphic novel purposes, still half a book left. And you're like, where the fuck does this go? <laughs> That's what's going through my head. Like this guy is just he's just rampaging and he has no sign of stopping and just the fear itself. Like usually, you know, for the gimmick purposes, you get to the point where it's like, well, the heroes fight, you know, win the day over the villain. But now it's like, please don't kill me. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's like, can anyone survive this thing? Because it's the death of Superman, but it, it, this feels like the death of the JLA, too. I mean, they're just getting battered. The, the f- okay, I, w- I will say this. Like, everyone knows that he dies, but, like, the fact that nobody else dies almost seems kind of cheap. Crazy. I wish they had killed, yeah. they had actually killed half the JLA. I feel like it would have mi- it would have been more if they had killed at least Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. Because they should, they, yeah. they of all people should be Blood dead. Wind. Bloodwind. Kill, Blood kill, kill the entire Justice League. Um, I forgot to mention something about Bloodwind earlier. In the JLA issue, there's a part where Booster Gold is like looking for Bloodwind. That didn't happen yet, right? No, it didn't. Or it did. Maybe it did. Yeah, I'll save it. Because I think it might have happened anyway already. No, it didn't. No, it, it happened earlier. Yeah, Booster Gold is like fighting and he sees Bloodwind and he like something happens with the fire and he looks at Bloodwind and he says, Oh my God, Bloodwind is really. <laughs> and then we don't see who it is. Uh, so I will just spoiler alert this thing. Bloodwind at this time was actually a brainwashed Martian Manhunter who is shapeshifting to pretend he was Bloodwind being controlled by some demon creature while the real Bloodwind 
was in imprisoned. So just in case anybody was wondering, that's what happened there. Wow. <laughs> I not I anyway, never I never knew that. Yeah. Do I have to go yeah. back a page? Or maybe we didn't get to it yet. I don't oh, know. Well. I thought I skipped it. If I didn't skip it and we get to it, then we'll just uh, you can. Me- I'll either edit it or I'll mentally insert. You can just mentally insert what I just told you. Well, I just it. think it's fine. Mitchell, his his mom's knocked out. The baby's crying. They're in the middle of like this giant fire, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, fire, ice, booster gold, the blood guy, <laughs> even God Gardner, yeah. the blood guy, like whoever the who the hell that was." <laughs> Yeah, and uh, basically, like, his fire's, uh, the house is burning, Mitchell is, is yelling for Superman, and Doomsday's, like, flying away. He's like, Superman, you gotta hear me, you gotta hear me. And he's about to catch Doomsday, he's about to, like, he's literally, like, about to grab his ankle as he's chasing him. And then he's like, oh, but good old Superman is like, oh, I can't, I, you know, you can see the look on his face, and then the issue ends. But we're, we're now gonna go to the next issue. But, of course, uh, Superman is, is now, like, faced with this dilemma, just like Batman had this dilemma all throughout Nightfall, where he's about to go stop a villain or something and then but he has to go save someone else so he can't quite stop that villain so now we're now in adventures of superman number 497 yet another book we have to buy uh by jerry ordway and tom grummet uh superman goes after doomsday while the entire justice league has been taken out we see various panels showing them all just completely down completely unconscious while little asshole mitch is screaming <laughs> for superman uh doomsday jumps and um gets wait did i skip something i don't know no. doomsday gets pounded in the sky uh by superman and, and kind of knocks him down uh but but yeah but little asshole mitch is still yelling for him so uh superman turns back and goes to go after to go to help mitch he's like all right fine i guess i'll i'll hear here i i hear you kid i'll come but as he's flying back to go help mitch uh, doomsday jumps from the ground and punches superman in midair uh and this is amazing because superman can't like doomsday can't fly to do this again he has to be incredibly accurate he has to to just time his his jump with the you know with the trajectory of superman flying and punch him right at that moment and then this takes them both down and they fall and go all the way to the bottom of this now i see it Uh, what do you think of doomsday's jumping abilities I, I've been wondering, like, why I like how Doomsday is drawn here ha- versus how he's been drawn in recent years. And what I have to say is what I f- finally think I could put my finger on it. He looks like a Jack Kirby creature. Oh, totally. He, he no, totally like his like his movements, the way that his body is kind of uh, positioned. Mm-hmm. He looks straight up like a, a Jack Kirby creation. And that's what I love there's, about there's K- a- Kirby drew, I think, the best monsters. And Doomsday sure. really is just a monster. And the way that he is, like, you see a little bit of Etrican, uh, the demon. You see a little bit of, uh, you know, Eternals and New Gods. You see some of the some of the Thor uh, villains and stuff. I'm like, he looks very Jack Kirby-esque. And I, I see that influence so much. Uh, like I was, we've talked about it many times. I'm a big fan of Eric Larson and Savage Dragon. And he is so heavily influenced by Kirby. And oh yeah, I love the way he draws like big monsters creatures uh, as well. And he, you know, that's that's often that Kirby influence. So anyway, you see. Anywhere you see like big, big monsters, um, they're probably inspired in some way or another, even if the artist doesn't realize it by something Jack Kirby. Drew. Yeah, I, I really don't think you could do comics in any way without having to homage a Kirby style at some point. Like if some people are really unique, like a Todd McFarlane, um, you know, uh, you know, an Alex Ross type of uh person you know i mean that's very two different extremes on that but like when when you do kirby right it's i only see that as a plus it's not like some people and other things where it's like oh it sounds or looks too much like this thing you can never do wrong with looking like kirby right 
Uh, so yeah, meanwhile, Superman gets back and finally does save Mitchell and the mom and the baby from this house. Um, the house collapses uh, as he's saving them. Bloodwind, Bloodwind is there helping out Superman Blood and uh, noting his power. And then um, he's like, wow, this, this and blood. And you see Superman. They have a whole thing with Bloodwind. They're trying to insert this like Bloodwind storyline nuggets in here for everybody. Uh, but yeah, he's like, man, but Bloodwind, are you OK? You took quite a beating. He's like, wow. And then he's thinking to himself, wow, all the Justice League dig. But this guy keeps surprising me with his his resiliency because he's like a new character anyway, even though he's not even the same new character because there's been a swap. Uh, and then uh, Bloodwind's just like, no, I'm not, I don't need medical treatment. I'm good. I'm, I just got to be alone. And he just teleports away. And, and, and Superman's like, oh, that's weird. Bloodwind teleport rather than getting medical help so they're they're planting the seeds of doubt of what's going on with bloodwind as if anybody gives a shit what's going on with bloodwind in the middle of the death of superman i just think it's hilarious. I straight up like i straight up, this is so new to me i never knew yeah. this no i had to look this up, I had to look this up. <laughs> somebody I took an interest in bloodwind uh, but yeah, meanwhile, uh, Doomsday jumps out of the lake and destroys a helicopter. There's like a military helicopter because now the you know the attention like like the military is going to do anything. This guy just got now just survived uh, all basically all of the Justice League at one time. Please, guys, he obviously just took down the entire JLA, but throw an Apache at him because we have to give it a good old college try for the taxpayers. Yep, and then um, yeah, Doomsday slams back down onto a police car, and then Superman is now following him and slam and just lands feet first on top of Doomsday, slamming him through the road. And they're they're just going back at it again. Uh, they're just fighting all around this police station at the same time as, as Doomsday's fighting Superman. He's just destroying helicopters in the sky. He's grabbing a light pole, pole throwing at the helicopter. So like he senses who his enemies are, and he's he's gonna take them all out preemptively. He's he's not messing around. Meanwhile, Superman is like trying to save all these guys that are that are falling out of the helicopter. Helicopters, and then at the end, uh, Maxima shows up here. She's back to take it to Doomsday. So Maxima has rejoined the fight while the rest of the JLA has been taken. Where the out. hell is she uh, been? I don't know where she's I feel, been. That's I feel like question. she should have been down by now. She was fixing her her, her boob balloon. Or her outfit makes no <laughs> sense. It's like you've got like a big long it's like you know thigh high boot, then you've got like a, a a smaller boot and like half of. She listen. I, I I'm not gonna complain about skimpy '90s super you know oh, su- super heroin uh, outfits but like this is this is kind of stupid it's a little silly but what are we gonna do it's the 90s yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Lois Lane is going to get she's getting Jimmy Olsen, who's currently at a taping of Turtle Boy, which is the show he also stars in, because most most uh, TV uh, or most newspaper uh, photographers also part time star in, in a random show where they play a turtle. As boy. one does. Anyway, as one does. Uh, meanwhile, Lex Luthor. And um, does Lex Luthor look odd to you here, Remzo? Uh, he's got a kind of a change. <laughs> did he, did he uh, grow hair? So Lex Luthor, here's the backstory. Lex Luthor here is not Lex Luthor the first. He is Lex Luthor's like long lost son, Lex Luthor the second, and he has red hair. And uh, but it turns out, which we would find out later in the comic, like way down the road, that this was actually original bad guy Lex Luthor in the body of his son that he found and put his brain and his body he was dying of cancer or something and took his brain and implanted it into his long lost son Lex Luthor who is also he has red hair because you know in the uh, Christ's on infinite earth from the alternate reality the other earth uh, where Lex Luthor is a good guy earth 
three, I think that is. Um, yes. The, he was the one hero of that universe. He was Alexander Luther, um, who we, we also, also see in Infinite Crisis, which we'll be looking at at some point as well. Uh, but yeah, that is that is why Lex Luthor is is here. So the world thinks he is Lex Luthor's son, but he is in actuality the Lex Luthor that, that we know. Okay, I've, I've got a quick question. Yeah, what's Supergirl doing? Yeah, there? what is, yeah, what is Supergirl doing there? Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, Supergirl did in fact die in Crisis in Infinite Earths. She stayed dead. This is not Supergirl as we know her. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't more than like four years after that. This is about six years. Okay, later. Crisis was eighty six. This is ninety two. So she was dead for uh, that long. She's still dead. Oh, this is uh, not okay, Supergirl. I'll be quiet. Okay. The, yeah, the, uh, as I said, the, so this is really complicated. Uh, the short version is this is a character called Matrix who actually did come from an alternate reality where she did date or something. She was like a creation. So, so it's basically like this creature called Matrix that can change its form and change its shape. And in that, I think on or I think it was on Earth Prime, j- like she turned into a Supergirl too because that. The, or something like that. Oh, okay. That explains what happens yeah. a little bit later. Okay. Or something like that. And then they come over to this earth and she gets with this Luther guy, but she, she in this earth, she is basically a shape-shifting creature that takes on the form of Supergirl out of like homage to Superman. That's the best I can do with this explanation. Right? Okay. I, I, it suddenly makes sense because we're about to see something really weird with her later. And oh, yeah. I never, yeah, I sure. never understood that. Yeah, when I first read this comic, I definitely did not understand it, but I had to go back and find out what was going on when I when I went. Okay. Because Supergirl looks good, yeah, and then she, and then and then actually... and then she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that for sure. Uh, she looks good, and then she looks well. We'll see. She looks yeah. Good. So yeah, I, I actually wrote down redhead Lex and sexy Supergirl. <laughs> Because this is not even like how Supergirl would ever be, you know, no. the Supergirl of old. She would never be sitting sexily on, on Lex Luthor's armchair. That just not, would not be happening. Uh, so Superman and Maxima are now tag-teaming Doomsday. And then at the end here, another character shows up, a character named the Guardian. Remzo, do you have any familiarity with the Guardian? The Guardian is a agent of Cadmus. Correct. And he's a Captain America ripoff. And Correct. he's a Jack Kirby creation. Correct. There you go. Three for three. Three points, three, points, three for three. Not bad. You win. Ding, 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 ding. You win a signed Guardian number one by Mark Claire to be written in the Nobody future. Nobody wants Art that. Map Nobody wants Art that. by perennial draft loser, <laughs> Matt <Pataglia. laughs> Last uh, in the poll, first in our hearts. Yes, we are now moving on. Okay, I failed to mention this. Uh, I think it started in this issue. Where now that we are getting closer to the death of Superman, they start taking on a panel structure, a certain panel structure. So starting with this issue, I don't think it started with the issue before, but starting with this issue, as we get closer to the death of Superman, we're going to have less and less panels per page. Yes. So in this issue, we have four panels per page. And now we go to our next issue. Our next issue is three panels per page. Three panels per page. And they do this. It's not like that kind of sounds like it could be boring, but they do it in different ways uh, every single every single time. So now we are at, let's see. Now we're, yeah, three panels per page. This is Action Comics. Uh, another book we have to buy. This is Action Comics, number 874 by Roger Stern. Art by Jackson Geis and Dennis. I Rowe. will jump in and say this. 
Action Comics has always been my go-to Superman comic. Just because of the lineage? lineage? For some weird reason, I've just always been more drawn to it. I've collected both on and off. Uh, I was collecting Action Comics until recently, but Brian Michael Bendis and John Romita Jr. are both leaving the book. So I am kind of, I think uh, think I'm kind of done with Action Comics unless I read enough reviews for the next storyline telling me to keep up with it. I was really only collecting this one because I love Bendis and I love uh, love John Romita Jr. I think both of them working together has been some of the best stuff they've done in years but yeah action has always just been my superman title i don't i don't feel like i have to read a bunch of different titles just because that's my favorite superhero it's like for spider-man i will only i will only i will only collect amazing spider-man and for superman it's like i will only collect action comics that's just the rule yeah i mean you would i mean i think when i was i know when i was a kid i collected every one of these issues for these series as they went on. But you know, after that, it was like, I, I got, I'm going to pick and choose my Superman, pick and choose my Spider-Man. Well, like you want to give me, like you want to give me like a team, like Avengers, West coast Avengers. Like if it's the same type of book, but it's different rosters, I'll do that. When it's a different book with the same hero, I feel like I'm getting, I feel like they're pulling my leg because they're just trying to get more money from me. So I don't like that because I think that's, uh, I think that's bad. I think that's a bad thing yeah. to do to readers. Well, this is a, this is a particularly unabashed cash grab. And yeah. I think everyone, everyone, everyone knows that. But, but yeah, so uh, we now get a little a news recap, the classic like news recap style popularized by maybe Frank Miller, maybe Alan Moore. Depends. Who knows who really did it first? Depends who you want to fight with. Depends who you want to fucking believe, why you bloody wanker. So that's what Alan Moore would say about it. You better believe me. Um, and we're not gonna. I'm not gonna do thirty different <laughs> Alan Moore impressions again. I'm just not. I'm just not. Or am I? Um, anyway, yeah. Every time I do Alan Moore, he gets he gets Australian by the second. Gets attempt. more and more Russell Crowe. But yeah, we're learning from the news that uh, Blue Beetle is in a coma. Booster <laughs> Gold is serious injured. Why is that so funny just, to you? Just, of course he's just here. fucking kill one of them. I know. I mean, he really should be dead at this point. I mean, it's, it's really absurd. Uh, the, the fact that he's not dead from that and he's just a human in a costume. Of all is, of, is of, of, of everyone who's going to die in this series. Yeah, and then uh, I found this pretty funny, though. Uh, the Guardian is like, oh, Superman, hey, sorry I couldn't get there any sooner. And Superman's basically like, yeah, I doubt that would have happened. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's literally like, yeah, you are, yeah, we're, you're not the difference maker here, all right? Like, do you see what just happened? Of all the people like, I all... wanted, I didn't want Guardian. I wanted Batman, okay? <laughs> I, I wasn't sitting around saying, oh, when's Guardian going to When show are up? one of the Boy. actual cool Justice League going to show up? <laughs> Yeah, like where's my where's the freaking Flash? Where's where's Wonder Woman? Where's someone that can help me? Batman would probably send me Robin. He's smart. (laughs) Yeah, he knows how to use computers. Anyway, um, yeah, so we we go on and Doomsday again is just randomly just destroying things. He just he just throws a car into the sky because why not? And and like because someone's in it, and Superman goes and saves this person, you know, in the middle of in the middle of the sky. So Superman, it's tough battle for Superman because not only is he battling Doomsday, but every two seconds Doomsday is like trying to throw a civilian in a car or, you know, destroy a helicopter. And he, he always has to stop what he's doing and go save that person, save this person. So you really are like showing how Superman is just getting like, even Superman is being stretched thin here between the JLA getting, getting just totally destroyed, uh, trying to save people while Doomsday is just destroying and destroying and destroying. And it's just, it, it really does come across as like a harrowing time, even for Superman who, who, while he has challenges, you rarely see him face a physical challenge. Um, and, and I mean, yeah. that's why I think what makes Doomsday, 
just a I, I wouldn't call him like the anti Superman. I think uh, Lex Luthor isn't very much is in many ways really the 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 typical anti Superman. But I mean, think about Doomsday is he's as strong and as you know, durable, as invincible as Superman. And what shows is what happens when you have that type of raw power, but none of the humanity. Yeah, definitely not the humanity. Unless you think psychopathic laughing at crushing a bird is humanity, which for some people, some people, not my kind of humanity. Um, But Doomsday has now made it to a Lexmart. He is just destroying. He's destroyed every car in in this, in this parking lot. He's destroying the Lexmart. He's in there. And then Doomsday, um, he, he's a man of my own heart. He sees a commercial for pro wrestling and he is excited. He's like, shit, this looks fun. I want to go check out this pro wrestling. This looks awesome. Dude's destroying each other. I'm in. He sees a commercial for Warbash uh, 92. Get ready for blood is their tagline. So he grabs the TV and he's like, oh, okay. He's just reading the thing. Um, and then uh, Superman you know, comes in. You know, Again, they're fighting, just destroying each other in the whole store here. Uh, you know, bashes Superman, gets thrown out of the store. There's more choppers showing up now. And as you know, Superman, because he can see things, so he can he has the supervision, he can see that inside this chopper, it's a news chopper, inside the love of his damn life, Lois Lane, and that little turd Jimmy Olsen. That little that that little turtle boy Jim, Jimmy Olsen is there too. Of all the sidekicks in the world, I've never got Jimmy. My favorite Jimmy Olsen appearance was in Batman vs. Superman Donna Justice, where if you watch the director's cut, not the theatrical version, but the real version. The director's cut is actually not. It's longer, it's but it, so it, much it makes better. the movie make a little more sense. Yeah, but anyway. They, still, 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 still a lot of problems. Like, you know, Batman killing people left and right is, is kind of yeah. for me. But, but, but at the beginning um, where they're in, like, better. North Africa and you see the photographer, if you watch the real version, not the one that you saw in theaters, that's Jimmy Olsen. And my favorite part is when he gets shot. that's Ramzo's lifetime Jimmy Olsen (laughs) remember the time he died Uh, yeah so uh so uh, meanwhile we cut back and we see that uh Supergirl wants to go help she sees what's going on in the news but Lex is like nah nah you shouldn't go help we need you here in Metropolis you know we we need someone to protect Metropolis while Superman's away and uh you know but he's and he's even like you know he's destroying Lex Mart he's like yeah I can have I can build more malls but I can't build a new Supergirl or can you? Because she's just a weird shape-shifting creature. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Superman and Doomsday are battling, and uh, Superman sees a sign. And this is the first time you actually see... Okay, you sort of see Doomsday talk, but it's still in, like, sound effect words. It's like, ha, ha, ha. And he says, huh? And he said he looks at the sign and says, Metropolis. I, I, I don't know about you, but in my head, it just sounds like it must be the loudest noise ever. Because he's not even... Re- like, he's not even restricted to word bubbles. It's not exactly. It's not in a bubble. It's just an out loud noise that, like, the universe can hear. Yeah. Um, the first thing I think here, though, is Doomsday can read. Like, why can he can Doomsday do karate, read? and it surprises you he can read? Yeah. I guess if he can do <laughs> Fair enough. I guess if he can do karate, he can read Metropolis. Anyway, and he knows it's 60 miles away. And Superman realized this, and he's like, oh, God, he knows because he saw the stupid commercial for wrestling. Oh, he's making the connection. Like, Superman figured this all out anyway. So he's like, oh, shit, he wants to go to Metropolis to see a wrestling match. <laughs> Which is, is a great reason to just jump 60 miles. Because uh, that's the only way Doomsday travels. Uh, so Doomsday is, is you know, going to Metropolis, and Superman is going to chase after him. But Superman grabs his leg as he's jumping, throws Doomsday into a mountain, 
a mountain which happens to be the home of the Cadmus base uh, where Guardian had just left earlier. So now they are battling inside uh, this Cadmus project mountain. Uh, Remzo, what can you tell me about the Cadmus project since you knew so much about the Guardian? Think of Weapon X, but more boring. <laughs> project Cadmus is a, is a cooperation between LexCorp and the U.S. government to basically create weapons to eventually take down the Justice League should they ever turn against humanity. Oh, so potentially evil and potentially evil. Primarily uh, <laughs> evil. But but the Guardian is good, so it's, it's kind like of, you know, if Walmart, it's, it's like if Walmart and the CIA had super babies and they said, let's do something with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Batman has a plan to take down every member of the Justice League just in case. So Why yeah, can't the government? Exactly. So, uh, and then and one of these guys is like, oh, is this, does this have something to do with that disturbance that the Guardian was investigating? Gee, you think so? Listen, I know this is <laughs> the 90s, entire- but I'm pretty sure they have live TV news. Yeah, so they destroy, yeah, especially at Cadmus. You think they'd have the news on. Uh, so they destroy this habitat, this entire habitat base, and uh, they should just so the, the whole thing collapses, and Superman is just, Superman's down. Superman is like spent. He's cold, and so is the, the Guardian. They're both just, just kind of like laying Has out. Has the Guardian under even the fought? I didn't see him do anything. He just <laughs> he just followed Superman here and then collapsed in the rubble, and that was it. Um, so yeah, the, the space destroyed, and they show Doomsday jumping. They show him jumping past a sign. This sign now says fifty miles to Metropolis, uh, and they also show a bubble from like the news report where they say we have to warn those poor people. Doomsday is coming. So we are moving along here. Uh, we are now and moving along to Man of Steel number nineteen by Louis Simonson once again and John Bogdanov, and now. We are down to two panels every page uh, as we get closer and closer to the countdown. I wish they did one more issue with no panels per page. Just a blank, just a, an issue zero with, with like 32 blank pages just to, just to piss people off. We were talking about sound effects earlier and everything in this first page of this issue where you see Doomsday. Uh, you see the guy behind him just covered in blood, but then you see the guy he's holding by the head and it's just crack. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's snapping this poor man's neck. And they show his neck like sideways. Oh, like I, I have yeah. a, I have, I have a, uh, I have a neck injury, and like just watching that, like even I feel it. It's like a ghost pain. It's like, ah, I hate, I, I hate how that. How many, um, how many people Doomsday has murdered in this? They should. I wish. Like, uh, like the, uh, this is just a you know, armchair quarterback thing. But like, it would have been cool if they had shown like a death count. Like every oh, couple yeah. of pages, like of all the people, I mean, maybe a little too real for the kitty cats, you know, because you don't actually show death. We just know death has to be happening. Yeah. And I guess maybe you don't want a death count because that makes Superman's death more dramatic. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Superman attacks Doomsday, catches up to him, flies him up into the sky. They're battling. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> I just have to this. So we see this creature, Dubelex, who is this like psychic alien looking thing. And he's talking to Guardian psychically, psychically. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm a little worried that that Doomsday could be one of ours. Like, but I don't really know. He's like, oh, shit. Well, well, that would suck. Um, so that's just a little tidbit we get that, that you know, I think there's planting seeds since we have no origin for Doomsday here of what he could possibly have come from. Because we just they give us no information here at all. Um Meanwhile, we see the Kents are are watching uh, watching this on TV, and uh, one thing they say is, you know, they're they're kind of like taken aback. They're like, oh, people don't even look, you know, the, the reporters don't even sound like worried about this. Like those TV reporters are treating it like it's entertainment, and uh, you know, you know, good old Pa Kent uh, says, you know, was Pa it, Kent was he brought back to life as a result of the Crisis on Infinite Earths? 
they have been dead, not dead, and dead again, depending on on the continuity. Like in, in this version of the timeline, they had never died. Like in the continuity. yeah, because I know I think before. I think before the cri- the first crisis, they were dead, and now they're yeah, not. And I don't know where they are currently. I think currently they are dead. Once again, yeah. at least in Doomsday Clock, they were yes. dead. Yes, but we're still not even sure if Doomsday Clock is exactly something that. <sighs> because DC, I get why DC likes to do the reboots. I've even enjoyed a lot of them, and I always appreciate little nuggets in those reboots where they kind of reference things, and I, I like that. But at the end of the day, no DC reboot has ever solved continuity problems. No. They've only ever made things more complicated, which is why I just, even if it doesn't make quote unquote sense, like I prefer the Marvel method of just kind of ignoring that it's been 70 years and just going along and continuing continuity. That, that's what's bothering me not to get too off track, but like with, uh, yeah, we with, get off track. with, with death metal. Like the whole thing about death metal is this is the final crisis event, not just in continuity, but in the industry for DC. No more crises. So everything that has happened beforehand, whether you love it or or hate it or what or don't have an opinion about it, everything that has happened, every other crisis is being undone. Everything matters. Everything matters. It's being undone, but it all matters. Yeah. So which one is it? So it's uh, moments like this where it's like ah. Uh, I, I, I wish by I knew. None, by making none of them having mattered, they all matter or something like that. <sighs> no crisis has mattered. Rumor has it, rumor has it uh, Marvel is doing some event next year called, I don't think it's actually going to be called this, but they're calling it like a rebirth of sorts. So I don't know if they're going to dip into this. Yeah, yeah. You know, as much as as much as I shit on DC's crises, they are way more, they make way more sense than Marvel's. Well, for sure, but Marvel's not trying to reboot continuity every time. They're usually just kind of like you know, doing. Well, a big is this event. all new, Whereas, all different, all 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 all, yeah, all I mean, woke? They're usually Marvel. cheap marketing ploys with nothing behind them. Whereas DC actually does try to redo continuity every time. But it just you know, I enjoy some of the stories. Like Un- unless they have an equivalent of Jason Todd literally crawling out of his own grave, I don't <laughs> give a shit. That one's in Infinite Crisis, right? Final right. Crisis. I'm- Final. Oh, there's so many crises. Okay, I got them confused. Uh, but we're gonna look at all these events at one point or another. Not necessarily. In no, it order. was Infinite Crisis. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It, 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 was, it, was, it was. Yeah, right. Right, right yeah, after yeah, yeah, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, Final Crisis was like 2008. Final Crisis was super confusing. Final, final Crisis is crazy. Grant Morrison. Final, so, final Crisis is irrelevant. Final. Really, it yeah. brought back Flash. There you go. Yeah, brought back Flash. Um. Anyway, we're way off track now, man. We're like we're like seven degrees of separation. Doomsday from, killing from shit. Event. Doomsday killing shit. Thank you very much. Anyway, Doomsday is killing two shit. panels um, <laughs> with two panels. Yes, two panels at a time. Now Doomsday is crashing into the underworld, and he has basically smashed into the jail cell of those like underworld creatures we saw get arrested in underworld. Oh, it does matter. First part. So it does matter. You thought that didn't matter. It does. Uh, this is kind of funny. There's this one underworld creature, and he's like following Doomsday as he's walking around, and he's like, hey, uh, we, thank, uh, we thank you so much for your efforts on our behalf, though, of course, you serve your own ends as well as ours. After all, it is we who uh, we who are the champions of those like you, and the poor, and the downtrodden, and then Doomsday just whacks him, and just, just uh, so <laughs> much just blood. destroys all these so guys. So much yeah. blood. He just destroys this giant, these giant creatures, and yeah, he's not. Re- they're like, oh great, this guy's here to save us. Like, no, he's here to destroy them too. He doesn't give a shit. And then Superman shows up and gets Doomsday in a full Nelson. Bam! Another wrestling maneuver. And this is the part where I, I, I will say I, I compare this. 
This is like a wrestling match. This is like a wrestling match between an unstoppable, unbeatable wrestler like Brock Lesnar, who just destroys, 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 hardly ever gets hurt. Like, like Brock Lesnar can be hit with your finishing move, and he'll stand up and laugh at you because he just can't. He, just, he hardly it's so hard to do damage to him. And I and I see Superman here as kind of like like a John Cena, like like the the kind of good guy equivalent of Brock Lesnar, who can always come back, who never gets taken down, who always wins too. So there's like two unstoppable forces colliding, and. You know, this is just like like a, a classic John Cena versus Brock Lesnar back and forth match where Doomsday never gets hurt. Uh, like Superman will, will get back up, hit some big moves, and you'll think, oh, Superman's finally getting it. But then he just Doomsday just laughs it off, and they're going back at it again. And this is the biggest threat you've ever seen to Doomsday. Like the like all the other wrestlers, quote unquote, like the JLA would be every other like wrestler that Brock Lesnar would have seen along his way and just destroy with no problem. Superman's actually putting up a fight, whereas John Cena will actually put up a fight against Brock Lesnar. Can actually hit his moves. Can actually like make you think he has a chance but at the end of the day you still can't take him out because he's just freaking unstoppable and this is this is a comparison i've, I've made before actually uh to batman and bane i made the the batman versus bane comparison to a different john cena a very specific john cena versus brock lesnar match where brock lesnar just destroys john cena and has no chance so if you like wrestling analogies to comic book fights my friends, this is your home, especially I know our friends on the North-South Connection appreciate that one as well, where we air every single Sunday at 11 a.m. So subscribe to the North-South Connection for great wrestling talk as well as this show, depending on where you listen. Anyway, that plug is ended. We will now move on to more destruction from Doomsday, Doomsday two panels at a time. Um, and, and Lex, again, is, is back thinking, like, talking to Supergirl. Uh, he's like, yeah, man, this creature clearly just has a grudge against Superman. We should just let them fight, you know, because, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is not our battle. But finally, um, you know, she's like, okay, don't be annoyed, Lex, but I, I have to go help him. Like, like, she's like, all right, very generous, my love. I agree with you. Metropolis must be preserved. Like, he doesn't really even talk like the Lex Luthor they... we know, but that's because he's. Are, are they yeah. a thing? Yeah, no, they're a thing. Oh. It's a whole weird thing. Lex Luthor, if we really want to go into the whole thing, later down the line, we find out that Supergirl, this version of Supergirl, like, she knows she's a shapeshifter. She's not confused by that. But he finds out that, A, he finds she finds out that he's not really the, the young Lex. He actually is old evil Lex in this body. So that's that. Wait, so off. he does like she, she also, doesn't know or he doesn't know? She doesn't know now. Oh, he knows. Oh, so he she thinks it's young Lex. She thinks this is young Lex who has taken over his father's companies because he died. But he didn't die. He he died, but put his brain into young Lex. Because he body. wanted hair. Why, Remzo? Because Why comics. Remzo? Because comics. Or glasses. Because glasses. Depending. <laughs> because hair. Glasses, yeah. So um, now Supergirl shows up uh, to Doomsday while, while he's fighting with Superman in the sky. Meanwhile, there's a little interlude here where, do you know Bibbo, the character Bibbo in Superman? Yeah, Superman's pal Bibbo. He, he, um, yeah. he owns a bar. Yeah, he owns a bar. Uh, Bibbo and this other guy have this like doomsday weapon that they got. Uh, that was As left all small by businesses show. I mean, should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they're rolling out this laser cannon onto a roof, and their their plan is to try to aim it at Doomsday. So that's their plan to help out. Uh, meanwhile, Doomsday punches Supergirl in the face, and her face just smushes like it gets got all mushy and you're like what yeah this, this is i still remember how i felt when i read this as a kid and i'm like i have no clue what's going is that is that re- one was that really supergirl but like if it, even if it is like how what the fuck is happening yeah this, it, so she turns into this like purple creature and falls to the ground and yeah so basically lex has sex like with that tr- thing <laughs> i guess so <laughs> They don't talk about it, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I think as Supergirl. It looks yeah. like a Play-Doh so, yeah, this, person. 
this thing, this character is named Matrix, and this is actually Matrix being Supergirl as an homage. Like, I think everybody even knows that. Or maybe not everybody, but I think Superman might know that. I'm not really sure. It's not really clear. Lex knows that, too. So, yeah, Lex knows. And now Lex... So, what Supergirl gets mad about later is that not only does she find out that Lex is actually evil Lex, but Lex also has, like, copies of this Matrix, like, like a bunch of them stored up that he can use, like, anytime and have them turn into whatever. So, she's like, wait, I'm just, like, one of many of this thing you have. Like, I'm not even special to you. Like, if I die, you can just have another one turn into the Supergirl again. So, yeah, it's a whole... It's a whole weird thing. So much like the Bloodwind storyline, this is the only nuggets of this that we get in, in this particular storyline because we're just talking about we're just talking about Doomsday here. Anyway, Doomsday um, destroys this building that that um, that Bibbo and what's his name were in. Somehow, somehow they survived by falling off it. I'm not really sure how that worked. They literally fall off the roof and they're fine. I, I'm, oh, the super, no, Superman doesn't catch them. I don't know what the hell happens here. They fall and they're, they fall off a building and they're fine. Um, and then Superman emerges from the rubble. He's, like, trying to protect some other people from the, the falling, burning fire and such. And this is hilarious. Then who shows up? Uh, Maggie McNeil and the freaking the, the Metropolis PD. And they just light up Doomsday with their human guns. Like, that's going to do anything after all this. Well, oh, I just I just like the guy who, who has, like, the bowler hat. He looks like Doc Holliday, and he's got a cigar. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He does have a name, and I don't remember what his name is. He, when I was reading Superman more consistently, I probably knew what it is. But anyway, yeah, um, and Doomsday throws this guy, and it's, he's caught by Superman again. So just like John Cena versus Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, every time Cena's down, he come, he gets back up, and you're like, oh, my God, he is up again. He, he is still fighting. And so, yeah, now they're just going at it. Uh, these other guys are coming in, these guys, these, like, um, they're Cadmus weapon, weapon experts that are, or they're, they're Cadmus weapons being worn by, I think, more Metropolis PD. So they're shooting down at both of them because they don't give a shit they're hitting Superman. They're just shooting these lasers at Superman and Doomsday. They're battling each other, battling each other, and um, we then go on to our final issue, Superman number 75, the classic Superman death issue with the black cover with the Superman symbol on it, and this should be easy to go through because it's we are now down to one page per panel, all splash pages. I love this. Th- this makes everything this. worth it. I, it really does. I love the, the splash page format. Uh, it really and it, the way they did this, going from like four to three to two to one. It really conveys like a countdown sense to it. And then this really did this issue did, is really just like it really comes across as an epic battle because of of the format because of the, the this pages, whole so. thing. And you know this, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but like this whole thing feels like a giant wrestling. Guess what, Superman dies. Well, yeah, I mean, this whole thing feels like a giant wrestling match. Yeah, well, that's what I've been yeah. saying. Yeah, I mean, I, even I see it. I'm not much of a wrestling guy, but even I see it now. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is truly like an epic back and forth, uh, you know, pro wrestling match. Uh, so yeah, they are just going back and forth, and there's this one splash page. Uh, by the way, this is Superman 75, Dan Jurgens and Brett Breeding, where Doomsday is holding up. I wonder now because it took place afterwards if if the panel in Nightfall was inspired by this, where where Bat where you know Bane is about to break Batman's back. Because Doomsday is holding Batman up in the air in like a similar pose, just holding. The '90s him. was a uh, rough was a rough decade for heroes. Yeah, it really was. They 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 had to boost sales somehow, so they decided to break break and kill people, <laughs> and it worked. It got me into DC. It made me a lifelong DC Comics fan. So you know, I guess it worked. Whatever, whatever has to be done. Hey, well, uh, yeah, they Doomsday throws Superman into the the uh, this one helicopter. 
Uh, meanwhile, Superman has to go and save Lois and Jimmy from their their helicopter. Uh, he's like, you guys got to get down. Like, like Doomsday is going to freaking kill you if you guys are flying around up there. So he gets them out of harm's way and uh, gives Lois one, which we realize now will be one final kiss. Although it's not really a final kiss because he comes back in a year. But anyway, Splash Cage kiss is just a wonderful thing. And then... Uh, he darts off. He says, this is it. Doomsday is going to get his. And you, like, again, the facial expressions here are great. Like, Superman looks, you never see Superman angry. You see him dealing with situations. You see him getting frustrated. Superman's angry. Like, he's like, I, I've had it. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going all out. This is over. I don't care. Well, what, what, I mean, my favorite, my favorite part from what we've seen thus far is a few pages back where you see Lois and Jimmy in the helicopter and you see uh, Superman underneath it. Like, that looks like he is mm-hmm. so haggard. But he's, oh, yeah, he's so still worn down. saving It's kind of like, um, reminds me of Batman and Nightfall where he sees his suits all torn up and he just looks like he's still doing what he's got to do, but he's, 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 yeah, struggling. but it's like Superman. And he never sees Superman. Superman is Batman. always like the center of attention and he's always brightly lit. Like some people joke, he literally shines here. You could look at that page and you barely even notice he's there. He's there <laughs> and you see him in full torso, but I mean, he looks like this is not how you present Superman. And I think I think that's probably my favorite one of my favorite parts of this issue alone. Yeah, they really do a lot of detail in both over the course of this of showing Superman getting more war 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 down and also showing Doomsday, like how he slowly sheds this costume. And by this issue, he's the fully formed what we know as Doomsday. You can see his his full thing. But it took like a full six issues for his costume to fully wear off. And I really like that. It makes it feel Uh, it makes it feel worth it. Yeah, it makes it feel like like more of an epic battle that way. Uh, so moving along, uh, Doomsday just takes Superman and, and just slams him by, like straight, like a pencil, straight into the ground. Just proosh. And then Doomsday is about to go after Lois and Jimmy. And he's like, like the, the Lois, Lois is so adorable. She's like, we can't worry about pictures, Jimmy. Superman's in trouble. And I intend to help him. Lois, what are you? It's that like Sandra, Guardian it's like that Sandra Bullock feistiness. It's, it's, it's that Sandra Bullock feistiness. But then the next page, we see Superman's fist emerge from the ground. And so now the shit is on it. And now Superman has come out of the ground and smashes right into Doomsday's back. And now Superman goes full laser bl- laser blast. And uh, Superman's saying, I have to stop. To stop, and I have to be vi- every bit as ferocious and unrelenting as he is. And Lois, God bless her soul. But you can't. He wants to kill. And you, you can't. And then right then... Dude, this this one's nasty. Where where he gets like Doomsday gets the shot in on Superman. It's this hardest part of his bone, of his giant bone on his knee, right clipping Superman's chin, and you can see Superman's chin getting busted wide open. He's like, man, these bony protrusions are so sharp. He actually cut me. Superman got cut. Superman doesn't get cut now. Superman is freaking bleeding from Doomsday. He gets nailed again by a punch in the face in the claw, bleeding on his face. Like like Doomsday is really injuring superman and then superman has a realization he's like oh these bones are connected to his skeleton so he grabs the bones that on his claws and, and like bends them and tries to break them and now doomsday screaming is like yes i finally managed to hurt him freaking seven issues later he finally managed to cause a little bit of pain to doomsday and doomsday's like screaming he's like ah and it really is like you said coming across like this epic wrestling match now back and forth a great panel of them um just punching each other punching each other in front of the the daily planet and you can just see the look on they now that for finally for the first time doomsday also looks to be in agony like like before nothing he's laughing everything off he's destroying the jla he's eating birds and destroying killing deer laughing his way to the bank he's actually not having fun anymore he's he's actually is in battle for his life what what i never noticed is that when you see them both slugging each other and they're both looking like they hurt each other it smashes all the windows at the daily planet i never noticed that till now 
effects yeah. there too. Yeah, there's a lot of detail there of the sound effects all, and there's just like a crowd of people watching behind. My, I don't know if I was here, I think I'd be running. Like, what if Superman loses? And that, but you know, no one assumes he could lose, so that's probably why they're yeah. all there. They're just waiting to see Superman defeat this guy. Uh, another big, a couple of big, awesome splash pages, and then we get. This is basically, is this the final one or is there one more? Yeah, this is, there's basically the the final punch where Superman comes, slams both his fists in, in like a like a hammer punch, both his fists down on a Doomsday's head as at the same time Doomsday just slams him with a huge uppercut with his claw. This is the crushing blow. This is the blow that takes both of them out. You see Jimmy Olsen and Lois. Lois is horrified and Jimmy is horrified too, but he's clicking the photograph. He's clicking this as photograph. As they both go down, like Rocky and Apollo, they both go down at the same time. These two have destroyed each other. The Kents are watching on the news, hugging each other as Lois holds Superman. That we then see the JLA. We just see a reaction shot of what's left of the JLA: Bloodwind and, and Ice. <laughs> They're the only ones left. Uh, They're just like, oh, he must survive. This can't. This can't be it. We didn't make it. This can't be it. And there's a little, a little kid in a Mickey, in a, in a Bugs Bunny sweater, just crying. This little girl, uh, very sad. And then the. With the, I think these are splash are are these two page splashes that they combine into one. Yeah, it's it's, it's not clear. Okay, they were. Yeah, because for me and the di- digital, it's a, it's one for me. But I, I believe this is a two page splash. The iconic like panel here. of Doomsday is down to the lo- ground. It should look like that. Not that listeners will know, but that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is two pages in the book. In the digital, they've they were nice enough to put it on one because it, it wouldn't make sense to be on a separate page. Uh, and yeah, we see Superman holding uh, Lois holding uh, Superman while that everyone's just looking down like no one can believe this happened. And then you see no words. You just see the narrator saying, you know, but it's too late for this is the day on the last page that a Superman died and his the Superman S is like hanging on a, a branch, like waving in the wind. And Lois is just like collapsing and Superman's dead. And it appears Doomsday is dead, too. Uh, so they've taken each other out. Of course, neither of those things are really true because, yeah, because comics. But they were as dead as dead can be for, for at least And, a and I have to say real fast, in the previous page where they finally show, announce that he is dead, when you see Lois cradling Superman, that's supposed to be an homage of um, Da Vinci's uh, um, Mary holding Jesus. Okay, a lot of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's very messianic in many well, ways. Yeah. So, like, you know, we saw, yeah. you know, the crucifixion type, and now we're seeing, you know, Mary cradling uh, Jesus. So that's what that that inspired this right here. Yeah. So that's it. That's the death of Superman. That's how it all died. I think at, at later points, I, I, def- I definitely have at least two more issues in me. Uh, two more issues. There I go. I, I made it almost a whole episode without without calling an episode an issue. Consider two more episodes it a win. in me on this. I definitely have a, a funeral for a friend, uh, World Without Superman episode in me because I think that was really do- well done. And then uh, also, I would like to go through Rain, the Rain. This might even be four. Rain and and Return might be two separate things. We might be able to combine them into one. We won't. We won't be able to do every issue though because that would just be that would yeah. just be insane. Uh, but yeah, after this, uh, four different Supermen kind of take Superman's place. Uh, there's uh, the Man of Steel, which is uh, Steel Henry Irons. There's Superboy, who is just a clone Superboy. Um, there was Cyborg Superman, and then what was the fourth? The Eradicator. Oh, the Eradicator. That's right. Supergirl wasn't even one of the four. Yeah, the Eradicator. That's right. And these are all characters that have stuck around in one form or another. Uh, so they actually do have like long-lasting kind of implications as far as comic book goes. But we're not going to get into that stuff today. We're just here to talk about the death of Superman. Um, who should go first? I'll go first because this is my episode. And uh, I will say I had a certain idea in mind. I will say I, even with the, the rating that I had, which wasn't bad before going in, like I, I kind of had in mind, I think my rating has gone up while, while going through this review. 
because I did notice, like, thanks to you pointing them out and me noticing th- some things, I did notice a lot more detail that I didn't necessarily see a lot t- a lot of the time around. Now, it's always hard to grade art and even writing when there's all these different artists and, and collaborators and such, but I'm just going to do my best to kind of rate it as an overall work, and I think there was a lot of detail in the art here, like, between, like, like we said, a lot of the facial expressions, a lot of the, the close-ups of the eyes, like, um, a, a lot of the details that we see, like, the windows smashing while they're battling each other, like, we get to learn so much about Doomsday through simply his, like, mannerisms, his his actions, um, down to the little things like the sound effects that work so effectively in this, like, there's so many little things here that have, have raised my scores, I think, along the way, so uh, originally I, I was thinking I really had about I, I, now the art isn't amazing like I think in a lot of places the art is kind of average as well overall there's just a lot of subtle things with the art that are done well so I'm going to raise my original art score from a 3 to a 3.5 uh, that's what I'm going to give the art but I got to say like I, I originally had this around a 3 3.5 writing wise and like okay writing in terms of like the actual script and like the the you know the dialogue isn't like blow me away but the story itself, and the story is part of writing. It's not just the words you read. It's what you see happening. Um, I really do think they really did a good job. If you're going to kill someone like this, if you're going to have this epic battle, of, of doing it in a way, like, to do this in more than one issue is pretty impressive. Like, a whole battle that takes seven issues. And it never felt long, too long. Like, it actually feels appropriate. Like, it, it builds up. Uh, you learn more and more about uh, Doomsday's powers. He takes everybody out. You see Superman get more and more worn down. And then there's, like... Like a good wrestling match again at the end, you see hope for you see a little glimmer of hope for the, for the hero right right at the end where oh my god he finally found a way to hurt Doomsday like oh my god John Cena finally landed a move on Brock Lesnar oh my god he hit him with the he hit him with the F he, you know he hit him with a uh, whatever freaking John move John Cena does he hit him with a steel a, a steel chain oh my god he's he's making a comeback and, and he's temporarily hurt but no that's not enough and the, and and I, I would also compare this besides like a John Cena uh, Brock Lesnar match I would compare this also to uh, to uh, you know Rocky and Apollo at least the ending there where they both nail each other and they both just go down simultaneously uh, so I, I really love how they it does they do really make it feel epic uh both from, from some subtleties in the art and uh just through the telling of a story so i'm actually going to give the, the story a four here so I, i'm still going to oh, give wow. the overall 7.5 which is it's just higher than, it's much it's actually a bit higher than i thought um i i really thought going into this that i wouldn't like it as much as i did but um you know it's, i'm not rating it as high as nightfall i think i gave nightfall an eight um and that was a longer story a more drawn out story maybe i'm being generous here maybe i'm being generous but that's okay because you know different comics elicit different emotions and while this isn't like a great story this isn't one of the best stories ever written this wasn't one of the great stories of all time upon reading it upon going it through it several times in the last week like it does really have an epic feel and there's a lot of little things throughout that that add to that and it's more than just the punch punch kick kick that i remember it to be there is there is more there than that so uh yeah for that reason i'm pretty comfortable with my 7.5 score so um we're gonna be close but we're not gonna be that close uh you know (laughs) people love this story because of its impact on the history of comic books but that's the thing no one remembers it for the story because there really is no story. And if the we covered one thing, you know, I, I always rate a comic based off of. But see, is I, it? Is I it? I don't good? want to cut you off. But there is a story. Uh, it's just is a, there it's really? Because I is there? I originally thought. Okay, it depends on how you define story. Um, okay, like uh, this. To back to back to a wrestling analogy, and I want to let you finish your, your spiel here, but. You know, there's different there's different ways to tell stories, and that's something that that kind of came to me during this. There's a lot of wrestling matches that have months of buildup, like a great storyline, and then the payoff isn't that great. It's like not that great. 
There's other wrestling matches where there's not much of a build up to the storyline to get there, but the match is amazing and it comes out of nowhere. So upon reading this and that, but within that story, like a match is a story. It's writing. It's they're telling a story in a match. So to me, this is a a, a match, you know, without a great build up, without any great story surrounding it. Um, but the match itself within that there actually is a great story there and that's why i i upped it but it's, it's not a story it's not a good story in the sense that you're talking about story so i, I you know i see what yeah, you're my, saying. my thing is this it's it, they they my my two big criteria are somewhat contradicting but they do matter one is it good for new readers like if i gave somebody this graphic novel could they could they really get a firm grasp of a good solid story yes and no you don't no, think so? No, okay. no, because I mean, well, not with, not the, with the, blood the, wind the mutants, <laughs> the bloodwind stuff, the the Cadmus stuff, the just you know, I would be like, where's the re- where's See, the real stuff, justice? League? I would agree with you, but but that stuff is so minor. It's like a panel here or there. It, you know, if that was a major part of the story, it, I would it was for for me as a kid. It was distracting, and even though I, I, it doesn't bother me as much now. I still see it, having remembered it from the I'm reading this fresh look. And I'm just like, where, 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 where are they going to kill him? So from that end, it kind of fails on that. But in terms of also delivering stuff for good longtime readers and fans of the canon, when you know all this extra stuff, like when you gave me all the facts about Supergirl and Bloodwind, like all of that actually made it more enriching. So it, it got an A on one, it got F on the other. I'm going to give it a 3.5 for story. Because it gets it gets yeah, it gets the fair. point done, but it fails on one end and it succeeds on another. A three point five, I think, is fair. That's what I had in mind before I did this episode with you and going through it. Just there was a few little things that made me just up it to a yeah. Um, I'm gonna give the artwork a, a three point five, really, because there are a few really good moments, but there's a lot of just very plain moments that while. There's a lot of yeah. It's just a lot of filler, and while you know, sometimes people are like, "Oh, well, that's just a lot of extra detail." I'm like, "That's that's filler. Like that's filler. That that's like the thirty percent air in a bag of chips. Like that's you know, you want the full bag. You don't just want filler." Um, so I mean, with the artwork of that, I mean the the paneling. Once it gets down to the last four issues, where the paneling starts, like that's a good that's a good storytelling mechanism in comics through art alone. So that is good. But you know, there the 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 lead up to that though, I just I I don't like it. And you know, I my I think art is very subjective. I always compare people to myself, and I can't draw nearly as good as him. But I think if I tried, I could I could probably get there. I, and my big thing for stories like this, could I divorce the artist from the story? Like, could I imagine somebody else doing it? Like Secret War, for example, which I think is the only uh, story for an episode of SPC where we gave it both a 10 out of 10. You cannot imagine anyone other than Gabrielle Delato. You can't, can you? For sure. No, yeah. I no, can imagine... Totally. A handful of other I can imagine anyone, anyone doing, this. doing this, and as people, I can imagine a lot better. And, 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 and of other artists and... have given their renditions of this, and given their own flashbacks of this, and other recent issues as they've given their own take on this story. Uh, any so all of all of them this are is better. Still part of is this still part of? Because you know more about su- current Superman than I do. Is this part yes. of canon? Like did this yes. happen? Current, so yes. it did. So Superman died and came back, and that. That's yeah, all you, you. I don't think they're at a point where you're where you're ever gonna divorce that. You can't. But wasn't there wasn't there a new Doomsday in New Fifty Two that was not so you know so you know what's weird we that was a problem that, right? because they yeah, they like they it. have it so that 
at some point. Oh, this is part of Superman Reborn because old Superman fought the other Doomsday and new Superman didn't. Y- and then they merged yeah. So and like, uh, and there's okay. There's a there's an episode. I'm sorry. I almost did a mark. There's an episode of Swamp Thing. Ah, there's an yeah, issue yeah. of Swamp Thing very early on in the New Fifty Two where Superman, uh, you know, five years later so to speak, because of how New 52 is done, where you've got year one, year five. Five years later, Superman says, death is hard, I know. And it's just like a joke, like, has has he already died? So there's this this ongoing debate as to whether or not he ever did or not. But so far, like right now, rest assured, he died. This is is a canon story. But, uh, you know, like I said, can you divorce the art? Was there anything too memorable about it? Um... I think a 3.5 is generous because of how they were able to pull it off. They pulled it off through how they screened everything, how they did up their storyboard, not through the individual art itself. So I give it a 3.5 for story, 3.5 for art, for a total score of a 7. So we're not far off yeah. at all. I got a total of yeah. 7.5. Yeah. But I mean, I think before I even reread this one time, you know, when I before we did this issue at all, I've read this essentially now twice, if you count me going through it again just now on the show uh, in the last week. And I was thinking I would probably end up at like a six or something. So it did end up like a lot better than I originally thought I would end up with. I, I really just remembered this as just sort of a generic battle. And in many ways, it is a generic battle without a story like it is. Like I love, like it, <laughs> I might give it, I might give it a seven out of ten, but I love this because it's like you know, it's like why, yeah, why, why I, I like I, Fast I, and Furious because it has really good, you know, in depth storytelling. No, it's because it's freaking cool. It's all it is. I, I would definitely. I think we would both recommend reading oh, yeah. this. Oh yeah, I think I, like, every, this is story everyone you should read. should read this just because of what and it, it goes, is. It's, it's a quick yeah. read too. This is not going to take you. This is not like Maxim Carnage. No. This is a freaking slog to get there. Like this is this is worth checking out. If nothing, if for nothing else, then it's historical significance. Yeah, I mean it's a fun. Con- comic it's like fast and furious are they amazing no are they are they hella fun yeah all we need is the rock. Hell yeah. And we'll As really Bloodwind. <laughs> and the rock. Oh my god, Bloodwind is really the rock. <laughs> if you smell where the wind is blowing. Anyway, uh, uh, that's all I got, Remzo. Anything we want to touch on before we start? Guys, off here? please. Uh, you know, those five star rating. Give the, us money. Yeah, the, I know, but I know. those five star rating <laughs> ratings and reviews on iTunes, they cost those you nothing, rich. but they mean everything to us. Please tell us what you love about true. the show. Share it with a friend. The five star rating and review on iTunes always goes miles and miles ahead for us. Indeed. And of course, if you insist, insist on doing something that isn't free, you can always join our patreon at second at no not second print at patreon.com slash second print pod that is the word second spelled out don't try to do the two nd thing second print pod that's also where you can find us on instagram and twitter at second print pod if you join our patreon you get to not only have the pleasure of knowing you're helping us support the show helping us fund the show helping us uh do our whole marketing campaign which we have a whole marketing plan for 2021 we're gonna be putting a lot of money into marketing the show worldwide the show Exactly. We're going we're going SPC worldwide with this thing and you can help us do that by joining our Patreon uh, for as little as 5 bucks a month you can get early access to episodes, access to bonus shows we do, bonus Remzo rants, uh, all sorts of fun for the patrons as well as access to our Second Print Comics fan zone on Facebook. Uh, not only that, depending on your level, uh, there's people that are getting some graphic novels actually this month from us and we're not going to say what they are cuz I'm I'm not sure if they're going to have them by the time this airs, so I don't want to spoil anything, but but I, I think they're going to be happy. We got some cool books picked up. Well, I did five days shipping for somebody because I felt bad because I was late on something else. Uh, like I, I sent somebody the the hardcover deluxe version of uh, DC's Rebirth recently. 
Okay, so you're yeah, spoiling, I'm, I'm that. spoiling that. That, that yeah, was yeah, I'm, I'm spoiling that. Uh, you know, I sent somebody deceased. Um, you know, hardcover. Um, Mark sent somebody something in German one time by accident. That was fun. <laughs> that was the the killer could be killed in German version. <laughs> Don't worry, you will get. If I send you an accidental foreign version of a comic uh, on Patreon, you will get a makeup English version, <laughs> as, I, as I did for Eric. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Uh, but yeah. That is all I got, Remzo. So uh, until next time, I just got to say, our mission here is what we want you to do. And what we want you to do is to read comics and... Change the world! And change the world. That's right. Good night, America. Adios, muchachos. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.